So Hurley's like cutting bananas and like making himself a nice fruit salad. And he asks if it's art. I mean, I get like that would probably be one of my first thoughts as well. Be like, oh, that's neat. I'd be like, listen, dude, if you're gonna make a sculpture, can you not do it like literally in the middle of our encampment? <laughs> right, right in front of my fruit salad. It's like, Damn it! <laughs> Welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is, um, if you were arrested, what would you be arrested for? Like, I don't want to be arrested, but if I were to be arrested, it would probably be for stealing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to actively steal anything. I would say, like, the, the like, scenario in my head is if I got, like, caught on one of those candid camera things and they were like, you found $200 on the ground. Are you going to give it back to whoever owns it? No. Uh, <laughs> I need $200. I will take those $200 and then I might get in trouble. I don't know. I, I would say that if there's a wallet on the ground and I have a way to give it back to the person, I will. But, like, if it's just, like, some random money on the ground, if it's, like, over, if it's, like, under $200, I'm just going to take that money. Yeah. yeah, yeah and just yeah, hope yeah. I don't get in trouble, you know? Yeah. yeah. But if it's if it's over, you'll give it back. Then I'll go to the police, yeah. But also, like, if someone's doing one of those prank shows... I would be like, you owe me $200 for emotional distress. Like, if you're doing one of those prank shows, uh, it's 2020. What are you doing? And also, I don't give you permission to use my likeness, so f*** off. <laughs> Unless you give me $200. Yeah, exactly! In pay- which case, sure. Pay me for my face. Yeah. <laughs> And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old... Ugh, 31. Yeah. I'm a 31-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. I wish I talked about my cat less this week. Mm. His fang fell out. (laughs) And the thing I would be arrested for is absolutely getting in a physical altercation while arguing over politics. Mm. Absolutely. If I could have fought a guy who was yelling about, like, um oversensitive liberals in Home Depot, I would have, but he was, like, the size of the rock, mm. so I just fought him verbally, mm. but- I still respect you. I I know one day I'm gonna get punched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this episode, our guest is Linny! Yay! Hey, hi. Hi! Hey. Tell us a little bit about you! I hate doing that. Um, my name is Lindsay. I am- Wow, good thing you're not a public figure. Yeah, but on the internet, you can- write things out instead of saying them and that's so much better that's did you fair. know you have a youtube channel yeah but i can edit myself yeah. <laughs> i'll edit you thank you um my <laughs> name is Lindsay. i am 28 i had to think about that for a second um i'm mm-hmm. from edmonton alberta canada um oh condolences i like edmonton so if you couldn't tell we're sisters yes Brittany is my sister unfortunately yes um this is my sister She's beautiful, very talented, very accomplished. Much younger sister. My, <laughs> we make a lot of references that other people don't understand, um, which was that one, for the record. And yeah, I'm really excited that she's here because it's her first time being on um, any of our podcasts. No, I was no, on not. one of them. No. I don't remember which one. Which one? She was on our Riverdale podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's right! She was on for 206 just because like she was here. Yeah. You guys might remember at the end of last episode, I said that Lindsay was going to be like here with us and due to unforeseen circumstances she had to like not do her trip here so that's why we are uh in separate places but we still thought it was so important to have Lindsay on because she's such a lovely human oh my gosh thank you boom baked 
<laughs> That's what she calls it when you're, instead of roasted, you're given a compliment. Mm. Boom, baked. Love it. Okay. Um, what's your Hogwarts house, Lenny? Um, I feel like either Slytherin or Gryffindor, but I can't choose. It's Gryffindor. There's a fine line. It's, it's a fine line. It's Gryffindor. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Brittany always says I'm Gryffindor, but I think that I'm Slytherin. Because you think that you're selfish, but you're actually not yourself. No, I think that I'm, like, wow. evil, though. You're not evil. You literally always do the right thing. Your moral compass is literally straighter than mine is. Not as straight as mom's. You boy. have to tell me to do the right thing. That's true. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> mom's a cop. <laughs> mom's, like, too... <laughs> mom's, like, too moral, like, to function. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, who are some of your favorite characters on Lost? Sawyer, obviously. This is why we're doing this episode. Obviously. You know, I realized yeah. I, when I initially picked this episode, I thought it was because I, I chose, like, when Sawyer was the most shirtless. Mm-hmm. But he's only shirtless for, like, 0. 0.2 seconds of this episode. So I think what I actually chose this episode for was the most Sawyer. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's my favorite, but I also love Juliet, and I also um, love Saeed. Yeah. Oh, taste. Top notch. So what does what does Lost mean to you? Lost was like the first show that Brittany and I like really binged that I was like super, super, super into. Um, like we had binged other shows before, but this was like the first where you like fall into a deep hole and like can't stop watching episodes. So it just yeah. reminds me of my sister. Aww. <laughs> it's like this in the X-Files. Yes. Yeah, but we didn't binge yep. watch the X-Files because you ch- pick and chose which episodes you wanted me to watch. Here we go. So I never watched them in order. You were like, oh, that one sucks. We won't watch this one. So we like jumped around season episode, all different things. So I can feel Robin's blood pressure going up right now. Why would you do that? I do regret doing that because she's. Yeah, she was like, we don't need to watch this episode. We'll go to the next one. So I was like always being thrown to different seasons and to different episodes all the time. (laughs) Like I go from season one, episode like four to like season five, episode like 10. And she would just go by (laughs) which ones were her favorite. Okay, to be fair, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, it was the wrong way to watch something. Yeah, I did do that. My bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, Lindsay, where can we follow you on the internet? Various usernames. On Instagram, you can follow me at plus size Barbie official. On Twitter, you can follow me at PSB Lindsay. And on YouTube, you can follow me at Lindsay Patricia. <laughs> I, hey, you should I really so. unify that brand, bro. I know. <laughs> I follow you on all different places, and I wanted to say, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Her YouTube is currently my favorite because it's really funny, and sometimes I get to see Lily. Mm -hmm. That's her dog. Yeah, Lily is her dog. She's a golden retriever, but she didn't quite grow all the way up, so she's, like, miniature. Yeah, she's not not a fully grown babe somehow. And if you were to get arrested, what would you get arrested for? (laughs) I feel like I could get arrested for so many things that it's really hard for me to answer this question. Because, like, when you were, like, stealing, I was like, ah, yeah, I could get arrested for stealing. (laughs) And then, Brittany, what would you – what did you say again? Oh, fighting someone? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely get arrested for that. So I feel like um, I could probably get arrested for for a number of reasons, and they would all make sense. I think it's um, aggressive driving. It, it's probably something to do with driving. It's probably that I get so yeah. mad at someone that I like ram my car into them. hundred percent. You're gonna, you're playing bumper cars with other yeah. people. Yeah. That I always say that I hope I wish that cars had like little bumpers around them so that I could bump people out of my way. <laughs> good. Good. They do that in Europe. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't do that in with par- with parking. 
With parking, if they don't fit, they literally will hit the car in front of them. And it's just like a known thing that everyone does. It's because they leave it in neutral so that like- Other people can push them forwards. Bump, which like I think is kind of efficient. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Today we have more to say about episode 304 of Lost. Every man for himself. So every man for himself, obviously the concept in general is very Sawyer. He's uh, a very Slytherin person himself and uh, the concept is is very Slytherin. Um, However, uh, in 105 in White Rabbit, during Jack's famous live together, die alone speech, um, he says every man for himself is not going to work. So it's interesting later in the episode when um, Sawyer says every man for himself, freckles or whatever, and she goes, hey, live together, die alone or whatever. That's from the exact same um speech yeah so you know they're trying to make that connection for us um the broadcast date was october 25th 2006 it was written by edward kitsis and Ada horowitz and it was directed by stephen williams before we go into the recap we had uh, a comment on soundcloud from king's token who um helped us out with one of the questions that we had last episode mm-hmm. um and they said they might have gotten john's psych profile from the hospital sometimes before you donate an organ you have to have a psych evaluation to make sure you are in your right mind and doing it for the right reasons um, I oh. did not know that at all, but yeah, um, in the flashbacks, they were saying that, um, Eddie got John's psych profile and it said he would be amenable for coercion. And we were wondering where he, where that psych profile could have come from. Um, so thank you so much for answering that because I had no idea. And now we do. And now we do. Um, so Brittany's going to try and recap the episode in less than a minute. Uh, it never happens, but. You know what? That's hurtful. But at this point, we're not even trying. No. We were gonna, and basically, it's Robin's excuse to speed me up like a chipmunk. Everybody likes it. <laughs> okay. And by everybody, she means... Herself. Oh, Just a lot of people have, have said so. Okay. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Desmond sits and is handsome on the beach. That's the whole episode, actually. Bye! Okay, anyway, so Desmond actually approaches Claire. He wants to fix her roof, and it's very important that he do so. Juliet brings Jack some food and insists Ben isn't in charge, but he totally is. Sawyer and Kate see Colleen being rushed in on a stretcher. She's been shot. Hmm. Sawyer comes up with a way to electrocute their captors. It totally fails and Ben kicks his ass. He wakes up in a medical area and has a really bad time. Apparently he is a pacemaker now and Ben holds his leash. He chooses not to tell Kate about it at all. He almost dies of horniness. (laughs) Juliet goes to Jack for help and he accepts because he's a good doctor to be honest. The patient dies and her husband decides to take it out on Sawyer. He forces Kate to admit that she loves Sawyer. Kate slips her way up through the bars and climbs down her cage. She tries to break Sawyer out but he begs her to go. He won't tell her what happened to him because he's really, really stubborn. She says she only said she loved him to save him. She puts herself back in her cage. Live together, die alone. Ben makes Jack sit with the corpse because he's a really nice person. Juliet comes to get him and reveals she's a fertility doctor. Jack wants to know who the spinal scans on the wall belong to since he's a spinal surgeon and all, and that can't be a coincidence. Des creates a target for lightning and saves Claire, Aaron, and Charlie from dying. Ben wakes Sawyer up and takes him on a walk. Ben takes Sawyer on a hike and reveals his heart is totally fine. Sawyer punches him. Also, they're not on the island anymore. They're on the island next to it. Oops. In the past, Sawyer boxes in prison. He discovers the warden is crooked and buttering up a prisoner in the hopes he'll get the money he thinks the prisoner had. Cassidy visits Sawyer in prison and tells him he has a daughter. He's not a huge fan of that. Money Dude goes to Sawyer and asks him for help. He needs Sawyer to move the money. Instead, Sawyer turns on him and turns the money over to the feds. He gets a commission that he puts in Clementine's name and is free from prison. Wow. Wow, that was like way longer than a minute. I don't know. That's one of your shorter ones, I think. Thank you. Wow. I worked really hard on it. Yeah. Good job. No, I did. Thank you. You did a good job. Um, so our B storyline this episode is deeply short. It only has three, um, scenes in it. So obviously we're going to start with that and it's the Desmond stuff. Yay! So this is my my summary of the first scene. Okay. Um, Claire is writing in her diary when Desmond approaches her, wanting her to move so he can fix a problem with her roof. Charlie says he can fix it himself and Desmond concedes. 
So first of all, Claire's still writing in her diary, which is really nice. Um, that was like kind of a really big thing um, in season one, especially. I kind of forgot that Claire had a diary. Yeah, it was like very, it's like a huge thing in season one. And I like kind of forgot that she, that even like continued, but it's nice to see that she's still doing it. Oh, that's nice. Really cool. Um, yeah, he wants Claire to go away for a night to fix her roof. And Charlie doesn't like anyone talking to Claire, so he has to intervene. It's like, bro, you need a hobby. And he's like, I can fix the roof because I'm a man who is handy, he says in front of Claire. What? Yeah. And like, if I, if I were Desmond, I'd be like, this is not a pissing contest. I just want to fix the roof. Yeah. I'm trying to save your life. It was a little shady, though. The, of Desmond? Yeah, he, he came up and he was all, you could go down the beach and I could play with your roof for a bit. Like, it was a little strange. <laughs> play with your roof for a bit? I'm like, but he's like, he, he was like, you can sleep over there and I'll just fix your roof. And it was just like, but you didn't say like, what's wrong with the roof or anything. That's true. She's like, am I being evicted? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> You've got a problem with your roof. What? You know, maybe you should move down the beach just for tonight. And that way I can fix it. Yeah. Make some improvements. That's really nice of you to offer, but um, Aaron just fell asleep, so I should probably just... No, I'll be with her. I promise. What you doing, brother? I was just offering to fix this roof here. Roof? Fine. There's a problem, I'll fix it. I'm quite handy. I was building a church before Echo exploded. Right. Well. Just trying to help, huh? Thanks. Um, and Charlie says, I was building a church before Echo exploded. You were helping Echo build a church. Echo was building the church and you were helping him. Like, more just than- Just to be clear. He was just kind of there. Yeah, you were there. Echo I was, was building a church and Charlie was present. I, I was just saying, you're- you didn't build the church yourself. Yeah. Um, and he- as Desmond walks away, he says we need to give him another button to push. Okay, so he, like, what, stops annoying you? It's rude. That was rude. I didn't like that. Okay, button boy! <laughs> button boy <laughs> like he just go he walks away and charlie's like okay we need to figure out something else to keep that guy occupied because he's annoying button us boy. get out of here desmond's like i'm actually going through something right now but thank you so much yeah <laughs> that's the first scene so there's only two left and uh we get to start with paolo oh god paolo is hitting fruit into the ocean with golf clubs oh my god me desmond shows up and asks to borrow one paolo tells him to take the one he doesn't use and desmond gives him advice on his form um, so Paolo's hitting fruit like golf balls into the sea. Like, do, do people just not like that kind of fruit? Like, it kind of feels a little wasteful. We're on a, we're on an island here. Oh my here. god, I never even thought about that. We're on an island here, so. He was feeding the fish. Just wondering. Bro, just hit rocks. Just hit rocks, bro. He was bro. feeding the fish, obviously. Oh, that, You're that's nice. It's like plumping them up. He was fattening them up for later. Yeah. Like Lilo does. Like Lilo does? Yeah. Doesn't Lilo feed fish? Yeah, she feeds fish, but not to eat them. Yeah, it's not to eat them. They're her pets. He controls the weather, Brittany. Oh, my bad. Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't think she ate them. I just think she fed fish. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shut up! Um, so there was a fun fact on Lostpedia where it said that this is the only episode where Paolo appears without Nikki. Um, and if anyone doesn't remember who Nikki and Paolo are, that's okay. No, they were here last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, if, if you, like, um... Love Actually, he's Carl from Love Actually. Yeah, and if you like Westworld, he was on Westworld and you couldn't see his butt. He's a, he's a nice butt. A sexy little snack. Do you remember it? 
Yeah. I always try to forget those. This episode had a lot of people I actually knew in it as, like, the extras. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Desmond says that Hurley said it would be okay for him to take one of the golf clubs. And I guess because, like, Hurley is the god of the golf course, he's just in charge of the golf clubs, I guess. He says, "Mm, yeah, that's okay. Um, and Paolo tells him to take one of the ones that he doesn't use so that when Desmond dies in the jungle, he doesn't have to go looking for the golf club he wants. Oh, cool. Not callous at all. That's a cool thing to say, I think. A mean, mean guy. However, I guess I kind of get it. You know, if you're one of the extras, you're just like, oh yeah, go out, do something heroic, but I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> See you later. So Desmond's like, okay, thanks. And he gives him golf tips because he's Scottish and he knows things. Oh, those two things are related? That's what he said. Okay. He says it's because I'm Scottish. You know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I think all Scots know how to golf. I think that's what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. That's I- what the point was. Yeah. yeah. On Kim Possible, mm-hmm. Duff Killigan is Scottish and he's a golf guy. So. Do you know Lindsay and I are part Scottish? Yeah. We know how to golf. We don't like it, but we know how. Unfortunately. Can you confirm? Yeah. We yeah. do know how to golf. We were forced to learn how to golf. I'm English and Norwegian. From Norwegian? So- so we're all really white. She's yeah. from Norwegia. <laughs> Shut up, Lizzie. This <laughs> a Cinderella story reference for y'all. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, last scene in this storyline. Was that this her is doing such a thing? short little B story. It, I know, it's very, very small. I was surprised. Um, Desmond creates a lightning rod out of the golf club right beside Claire's tent. Suddenly, a rain pours down and a flash of lightning hits the rod. Charlie clocks that Desmond did that. It really feels like maybe he can see the future. Like, actually. What? No, that's ridiculous. He probably can't see the future. Yeah. So Hurley's, like, cutting bananas and, like, making himself a nice fruit salad. And he asks if it's art. Sure. I mean, I get, like, that would probably be one of my first thoughts as well. Be like, oh, that's... Neat. I'd be like, listen, dude, if you're gonna make a sculpture, can you not do it, like, literally in the middle of our encampment? <laughs> right, in, right in front of my fruit salad. Like, Damn it! <laughs> like, go off, I guess. <laughs> it looked like a really delicious fruit salad, too. I yeah, know, I it really want, did. I kind of want fruit salad now. Yeah, same. I we could We could get some. Why we don't could... you text Sam, who's going to get groceries Sam, right bring now. fruit! I'm literally gonna do it. And ask her to bring root fruit salad. So Desmond says that it's an experiment. So not only can Desmond kind of see the future, but he's checking to see if he can see the future. Because he had like a, a vision a la oh, yeah, That's So yeah. Raven. That's So Desmond, if you will. <laughs> he had a vision about this, this lightning strike. And so he's doing this just in case it might be true. And if the lightning strike actually does happen, that confirms something for him. Um, and Hurley has now seen him do it twice. Hurley's the only person who has been around both times that this has happened. Yeah. Um, because last episode, Desmond said that Locke was going to make a speech, and then he did make the speech, so. So yeah, Aaron gets upset by the rain, and Charlie and Claire are in their tents and everything. They almost get struck by lightning, but the rod saves them, and Charlie just kind of, like, notes that Desmond did that. I think Hurley is just so observant, and that's how he knows everyone's business. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the gossip because he sees everything. Yeah. Literally, that's it. That's the that's the B storyline. Wow, that was that was that was crazy. It's, it's important though because it's the setup for like the rest of Desmond's arc this season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you kind of just like gotta get through this one so you can be like, okay, so where's the big stuff happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, Brittany, I, I figured since we're in the middle of storylines here, maybe we could talk a little bit about um, our other podcasts. Do you have a favorite? 
Yeah, it's the Picard podcast. Tell That's me my about favorite. it. It's because I get to talk about Star Trek as much as I want, and I don't irritate anyone else because everyone listening wants to also listen to Star Trek. Wow. Um, but we also have a Riverdale podcast, and I really enjoyed that podcast mm-hmm. um, because we get to talk about Riverdale, which is deeply stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy that program for being stupid. Yeah. Um, we also have a hundred podcasts. It's the same reason I enjoy you. Whoop! <laughs> you know that's fair, actually. Um, <laughs> and I whoop. <laughs> we, we also have a hundred podcasts, which I am not on to preserve my sanity. Uh, Robin and Sam uh, are recapping the final season of the hundred. Um, when this comes out, it's going to be over. Oh my god! Thank congratulations! You. Thank you. You survived. I, yeah, the final season was rough, so if you're looking for literally just us criticizing something a lot, um, that's what that final season is, but after this, we're gonna, uh, starting in 2021, we're gonna go back to do the first three seasons, because we started recapping it in season four, um, and that'll be better, because we're gonna be talking about a show that we actually loved when, when it was on, so, mm, yeah. yeah. A show that w- was actually good at some point. Yeah. Not at all points. But some point. At that point, at that point. We also have a Stranger Things podcast, which is like A plus, would recommend. Yeah. Uh, The vibes are immaculate. Um, We're taking up all of 2020 to do season two, because we've already done season one. Um, So that's almost over. And then we're going to do season three in 2021. And then hopefully we'll have some season four at that point. When is season four of Stranger Things coming out? When? I think they were in production before the world went to crap. I just want to watch it. Yeah. Same. Uh, cool. Well, that's that. Well, let's move on to the let's move on to the A storyline, I guess. All right. Jack watches cartoons on the little TV. Juliet brings him some food. Juliet doesn't give Jack any answers to the the question he asks, and he asks if he needs to talk to Ben because he's obviously in charge. Juliet says that they all make decisions together for just for him to immediately call on her, which is pretty funny. They don't make decisions together. I don't know who she's trying to fool. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that they let Jack watch cartoons. They're kind of trying to butter him up, I think. And uh, he gets to watch Looney Tunes. They're like, hey, bud, are you bored? It's I'm interesting. A cartoon. And it's interesting that he automatically sits at the wall now because earlier in the season it was like a whole production just to get him to sit at the wall. Yeah, they're training him. Yeah. It's kind of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack tries to talk to Juliet about what they want from him and she like just talks about the pancakes because she's like not allowed to say, I guess. I mean, also pancakes are a compelling topic. Sure. I would talk about pancakes for a bit. So he's like, should I talk to Ben? Because it feels like you just bring me food. Which honestly is fair. Yeah. Uh, and he calls him Benjamin because that's the name that he was given. You know, like when <laughs> when Ben came in and introduced himself, he used the name Benjamin. So Jack is using the name Benjamin because that's the name he was given. Ayo, Benjamin! Hey, what up, Benjamin? Can you imagine if someone actually called Ben Benjamin? He Jack did just now. Yeah, I know, but like to his face. Does anyone ever do that? Maybe just uh, maybe when he's in trouble. (laughs) I'm gonna keep watching cartoons, or are you gonna tell me why I'm here? I hope you like Blueberry. If not, I can- Should I talk to Benjamin? Sorry? Should I talk to Benjamin? Because I'm starting to think that you're just the person who brings me my food. You can talk to him all you want, but he won't tell you anything. You work for him. No, I don't work for him. He's in charge. Well, it doesn't work that way over here, Jack. We make decisions together. Really? Because when I was holding that broken plate at your neck, he seemed happy to just let you die. I mean, it felt like he made that decision on his own. So Juliet says that they make decisions together. Okay, but Ben's definitely in charge. And Jack tries to turn Juliet against Ben, 
um, the way that Ben tried to turn Locke against Jack when he was a prisoner by saying, oh, it seems like he's the one that makes decisions. You guys don't even make decisions together. That's weird. Sneaky, sneaky. And it's cool because Jack wasn't even there when Ben was doing that because he was doing it to Locke. Wow, it almost is like Locke and Ben, or Locke and Ben, Jack and Ben have more in common than you might think. Ooh. Hmm. So he's like, hmm, it's interesting that Ben was uh, totally about to just let you die. And um, she doesn't answer, she says she doesn't answer to Ben. um, But then, of course, Ben shows up and, like, immediately calls on her. So, oops. She answers to Ben. Yeah, she does. Um, So they go away and they talk about the sub. So, first of all, we know that they went to the Elizabeth on the sub. So that answers that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also it answers the fact that they have a sub. Well, how else are you going to get around? I don't know. Well, there you go. They got boats? They got subs? Not a sandwich. (laughs) Sub sandwich. Not a sandwich. I actually do wish I had a sandwich right now. And Jack tries to hear through the door, but he can't, so. Mm. Bonk. Bonk, if you will. Uh, bonk. So Danny comes to collect Sawyer and Kate for work, but Colleen gets pulled by on a stretcher, so Danny goes running toward her, and Sawyer puts together that she must have been shot by one of their friends. Katniss's mom! Poor Katniss's mom. Is she okay? No. I don't think no. she's okay. No. 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 She, she not Definitely be okay. Definitely not. So Danny wakes them up and he, and Sawyer calls Danny Chinatown. Um, so Sawyer calls Bigot Chinatown in reference to the injured and bandaged nose of Jack Nicholson's character in the 1974 Roman Polanski film. Oh. So like it sounds racist and you're, you're like, oh no, Sawyer's being racist because he is often racist. Yes, it's true. But luckily, not this time. Not this time! <laughs> Um, Sawyer is the one who fully broke Danny's nose, and, um, Danny wants an excuse to beat up Sawyer, but then they hear that Colleen got shot, and so everybody runs away, and so now they're lucky, because they don't have to work today. Honestly, score. I would be like, great, uh, I'm gonna take a nap. Sawyer says that he can tell that they wouldn't shoot each other, so one of their people must have done it, and he was right, uh, it was Sun. I was like, great, you know what, he's kind of smart for an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Sun. Lynn, did you watch that episode too? No. Hmm, No. No, Sun, no Sun, I did not. Paula Malcolmson was like, she like looked at Sun and she was like, I'm not gonna, you're not gonna shoot me. And Sun was like, bet. you thought. <laughs> yeah, bet. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the recap. Yeah. It was so good. Um, And Kate's just kind of like surprised that Sawyer is smiling at a woman having gotten shot. And I'm like, I don't know why you're surprised at this. I am gonna put money on the fact that this is our mother calling us, despite the fact that I guarantee she knows we're recording. Okay. Hello? Hi, Kitten. There's good money. <laughs> Hi, Mom. We're just recording a podcast with Lenny right now. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> She's a funny lady, I think. Do you know what this means? What? In about 15 minutes, she's about to storm through my front door. <laughs> <laughs> she can storm through my front door at some point. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Just saying. Be prepared for that. <laughs> okay. Sawyer formulates a plan to shock himself and the next person who comes to grab him. He's going to grab the keys and then they can run away. Kate wants to find Jack, but Sawyer says he may not even be there, so they need to take care of themselves. Okay, Sawyer's plan isn't awful. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually pretty smart. He has evidence to believe that it could work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he moves the water thing and it's interesting because it seems like they always eat the fish biscuit, but there's always extra kibble in there, so they just leave the kibble, but they do eat the fish biscuit, which is interesting. I would probably leave the kibble. And <laughs> Sawyer, who thinks of just, like, loads and loads of nicknames, uh-huh. just used a nickname to to describe Danny, calls him Broken Nose Man. Okay. He's not, said- your best, not your best work. You know what? He kind of phoned that one in. Yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what would you call him? The the aggressor? Just like the, just constantly is punching people? I call him Boo, Hulk. Boo, I like Hulk. Broken Nose Man way better. <laughs> I'm going to call him Hulk. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even consider, so, I was just being dumb. It's One okay. Sec. Hold on. Okay. I gotta think of something. Are we actually trying now? Yeah. Okay. That's all you can think of, Hulk? Well, no, all I can think of, whenever people ask me to make references to something, I just make the references to Lost. So I would probably <laughs> just call him Danny Pickett. Um, so that's what I got. Okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. So Kate's like, they call him Pickett. And I'm like, you know what? I appreciate someone who uh, who knows the answer. I'm gonna call him Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sure. So he's gonna shock himself and the other person using the water. And then he's gonna steal the keys. And Kate's pretty impressed with his plan. And he says, wipe the stars out of your eyes, sweetheart. Um, and we talked a little bit about this in the spoiler section um, from last episode. Because in the middle of Locke's vision, you can hear Sawyer say, wipe the stars out of your eyes. Which is was a clip taken from this episode and that kind of like was really confusing because it was like, okay, so is the vision, is it happening concurrently with him saying that? Or does the vision, did the vision give him like a vision of the future? Like it was just kind of confusing. Wait, that's actually really weird. Yeah, but I think probably it was just the editors being like, we need a clip of Sawyer saying something. Oh, next episode's a Sawyer episode. Let's just take something from that. Okay. Ultimately, I feel like that's probably what it was. So Kate wants to save Jack and Sawyer, like, it's not like Sawyer doesn't want to save him, but they don't even know if he's here or if he's alive or anything. And they don't want to waste their opportunity to go if he's not there. Sawyer's just got other things to think about, you know? I, I'm totally on Sawyer's side here. He's handsome. He's got an agenda. And I think Jack would be too. You think Jack would be on his side? Yeah, based on what happens later. All right, fair enough. I think that Jack would probably do the same thing. Like, I think that Kate may think... You know, she thinks of Sawyer and Jack in, in different ways, in in a way that, like, Jack is, like, a Gryffindor and Sawyer is, like, a Slytherin, and there's a very, very thin line between those two things. Okay. I think that if it were Jack with Kate in the cages and Sawyer off yonder, Jack would also be like, we should, we don't even know if he's here, we don't even know if he's alive, we shouldn't waste our opportunity to leave in case he's not even here. Yeah, you're right. Like, we get caught again. Because we went looking for him when he's not even here. Okay. I think Jack would do the same thing. I, I agree. I think that Kate doesn't think that that would happen because she sees them so differently, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. I yep. Think. You're totally right. So he says it's every man for himself, so he's already done the uh, the thing, which is when you say the name of the episode in the episode, they do it three times this episode, which is exciting. How many times? Three. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Hi. So Ben comes to the cages and asks Sawyer a few questions. He comes close enough for Sawyer to grab him. He does his plan, but they've turned off the electricity. Ben beats Sawyer with a baton and he gets knocked out. Okay. There's our knockout. Okay. I have so many thoughts about this. Right. Because Sawyer is an idiot. Okay. Like, he's a genius, but he's an idiot savant. Right. Here's why. How do you confidently state your entire plan, run it through, and not think about the fact that you are being watched? Mm. How do you not think about this? Where is your brain? It literally didn't even occur to him that they could have cameras on them. But, like, like do you not see the cameras? Exactly! They? <laughs> they're, like, they're not exactly invisible. So he literally monologued his plan out, and then Ben was like, oh, that's neat. Like, I'm not sure that they have microphones, but I think that they, like, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if they have audio. Okay. But we definitely, like, saw him press the button and move the water and talk to Kate about, like, so, yeah. He's such a clown! I mean, like, I love him, but he's an idiot. But so, also, like, he totally didn't need to 
do any of that because like he brought his arm into the cage like he could have just reached into his pocket and taken the keys right yeah. oh my god i didn't even think about that like i wonder if he just like, like didn't know if he would have that opportunity but he had he literally had to get him close that's true that's true <laughs> trying to incapacitate him in order to then put his foot on the thing yeah that's true god damn it sawyer you had one job it's just trying to make it harder than it was <laughs> He was like, you know what? This is what Jack would. This is what Jack would do. This is he would better make television. It, he would. Yeah. This is this is more entertaining for Kate. Um. So he wants to know how much he weighs and how old he is. Um. I'm pretty sure they have this information. Like it's. I think they have this information for everybody because you know they had a whole ass file on Jack from 301. Oh yeah. So like we know that they have this information basically. Um. So I think that Ben is just checking to see if he's gonna lie. <gasps> Of course Ben would do that because he's sneaky sneaky. And he does lie a little bit. Oh yeah, about his, what, about his age? About his age. It's interesting that he's like, yeah, my weight's 180, but, around 180, but my age, that that's the thing that I'm upset about. Why would you lie about your age? I mean, his girl, his- I would 1000% do it. The girl that he has a crush on is right across. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Wait, what age would you say you are? You're 28, you don't need to lie. If I was 35, for sure I would say I was 32. All right. Okay, I understand that. As a count, I, I'm 31. I would say I was 29, mm. but it's because I've exactly. fallen. I've fallen into society's trap of thinking that if you're over 30, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Oh no. No, it's okay. Ghost life is good. My condolences. Thank you. So yeah, he says that he's 32, um, and then Ben's like, mm. and he's like, okay, 35. You caught me. Mm, busted. Um, and so I went in and checked to see how old Josh Holloway was at this time. Um, when he was shooting this, or at least when um, the episode came out, and he was 37. So he's mm-hmm. around that mm-hmm. age. That's not even the right age. Josh Holloway, if you can believe it, is now 51. What? Yeah. Wait, I gotta look up what he looks like right now. He's still he's still a snack. He's still a snack. He definitely hasn't aged as well as Daniel Day Kim. Daniel Day looks Kim exactly the same. Daniel Day Kim is so devastatingly handsome, mm-hmm. it hurts my feelings. Yeah. Daniel Day Kim somehow looks exactly the same. No one else has aged as well as Daniel Day Kim. And no one's going to. Yeah. I, I don't, Evangeline Lily's kind of a fox. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But she, you can tell that she looks a little bit older. But Daniel Day yeah. Kim basically looks exactly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Josh Holloway looks exactly the same. I'm on his Instagram. Good. I love that for you. Okay, but have you seen Daniel Day too. Kim lately? Yeah, yeah, look up Daniel Day Kim. Go look, like, Daniel Day Kim, first of all, Daniel Day Kim is, like, a babe. Second of all, his son has TikTok, and sometimes he's on those TikToks, yeah. and it is very funny and cute. I saw him on Hawaii whatever. Yeah. Because our grandfather was watching it, and then I sat down to start watching it because I saw Daniel Day Kim's face. Um, I have literally oh, yeah. openly, yeah. like, every time that pops watching, like, Hawaii Five-0 or anything, like, with Daniel Day Kim, I'm just like, oh, that guy's really attractive, and pops, like, you're gay. And I'm like, I know! And? And what about it? And what about it, Stan? I can still appreciate it. So yeah, he's uh, he's 51 now. Um, and he tries to get Ben using his plan, but they obviously shut off the in- electricity when he came out because they're, like, always protecting Ben. He's so stupid. Oh yeah, my next note, just like you were saying, how do they not know someone's watching them at this point? Listen, at this point, they are all, they're so in on everything that they say. You know, like, everything that they say... Uh, it's like somehow comes back later. Mm-hmm. So like at this point, how do you not realize that they're listening to you, or they can at least they can see you? I think um when you're that handsome, maybe you're not always that smart. That's fair. You know, himbo. Like how 
Sawyer is a himbo. We've had this conversation yeah. before, yeah. and we said that he's not quite a himbo because he he's too smart. At this yeah. time, he is definitely... And he's not wholesome enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he he's exhibiting himbo behavior at this time, but I don't think he's ultimately a himbo. Because he's so well read. Yeah, and uh and like mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not he's not it, wholesome. Honestly, once spoiler, much nicer. But less himbo y because smarter. T. Why use more words when few <laughs> words do trick? <laughs> <laughs> so Ben hits him with a baton and he gets knocked out. So there goes our knockout counter. Oh. Um, Sawyer comes to, strapped down. Tom and Ben are talking about Colleen and how their communications are all down. Two others named Jason and Matthew have a giant needle and they're going to put it in Sawyer's chest. Jack can hear Sawyer yelling through his intercom. Jason. So Tom says the comms are all down. So that happened because of Desmond um, turning the key. And they say that Juliet's taking care of Colleen, Sawyer's strapped down, and Jason asks him to bite down on the thing, Matthew's also here, and Sawyer, with the best comebacks ever, goes, you bite down. He's stupid. Honestly, (laughs) drag him. You got him. You win. You know what? You know what? Crap. It was so good. They're gonna let you go, bud. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. You won. Like, whoa. You, okay, you get some points for that one. Have a good one. See you later, Sawyer. Uh, my next note was just, yo, that's a giant needle. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I gotta look away from those things, you know? I'm just not, I'm just not into that stuff. Listen, I, I, I'm never gonna volunteer to get a needle. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I did that last month. Well, I did that this month. But once that vaccine is ready, stick them. Stick me right here. Right here on my arm or wherever it goes. I don't care. I don't, like, wherever. I don't, when we were kids, Lindsay would watch the nurse put the needle in her arm. Mm -hmm. And my mom. I still do that. My, yeah, my mom would try not to barf. Like, yeah. my mom would be the one upset and crying, and Lindsay would be like, what? <laughs> she, like, would leave the room. Yeah. When we, as children, were getting needles. <laughs> She'd be like, you need your supportive parent, the supportive parent's like, nah, I gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go. So the whole needle thing is actually a reference to Pulp Fiction. Oh. One of the others stabbed Sawyer in the sternum, quote, in, like in that movie, in Pulp Fiction, two men have to inject a woman with adrenaline using a very big needle. Oh, no, thank you. So that's the reference that they're making. Okay. Um, And then someone goes, I hate needles. I mean, same. Yeah. I think it was Ben. I don't remember. Can you imagine if it was Ben? <laughs> I think it was. Be like, aren't you supposed to be tough? He's like, oh, I hate needles. Like, uh, how patronizing is that? Get out of here. I hate him, but I also love him so much. Um, so Jack hears Sawyer through the intercom. Like, that's the island stuff, because he's not supposed to- Like, he- he keeps hearing, like, crackly things in the intercom that he's not supposed to hear. So that's- that's some island magic, that is. The island's like, what if you wanted to hear your friend being tortured? And Jack's like, we're not really friends. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually fine. (laughs) It- eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Sawyer wakes up again, and Ben brings in a cage with a bunny inside. He starts rattling the cage, and the bunny falls over. Ben tells Sawyer that the bunny had a pacemaker that jumped its heart when its heart rate got too high. He tells him that they put one inside of him. He gives him a heart rate monitor that beeps when he gets too close to his active heart rate. He can't tell Kate about this or they'll do the same thing to her. So he gets a bandage right below his heart and um, there's a bunny with an eight. And of course, eight. Oh, it's eight. That's a number. Um, Remember this bunny. Okay. Remember this bunny. Okay. Remember the concept of Ben and bunnies. Thank you. I feel like that's not a hard concept to forget. Just remember it. Okay. Um, so he starts shaking the bunny, and don't worry, the bunny is okay, is revealed later. Yeah, I wasn't worried about the bunny. And Sawyer says, did you just kill that bunny? I, it just, yeah. 
Like, I love seeing, like, that soft side of Sawyer where, like, terrible things are happening to him and he's just like, you just killed a bunny in front of me? I'm uncomfy. Like, why why do you kill a bunny? No, nice. Don't do those things. He was screaming the whole time. He was like, stop it, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Protect the little bunny. Not the bunny. Uh, and Of Mice and Men is, like, a huge theme throughout this, um, this episode. I haven't read it, uh, but people on Lostpedia have, um, and they said, this episode shows Ben using a rabbit as a trick to con Sawyer. Of Mice and Men is referred to. A character in the novel called Lenny has an obsession with rabbits. Oh. So that's kind of the concept that we've got here. Another, uh, reference was, The White Bunny Numbered Eight is a reference to Stephen King's autobiography and writing guide, which is called On Writing, A Memoir of the Craft. King describes a caged white rabbit with a number eight painted on it as an example of the power of words to transmit pictures and ideas. What? So, uh, okay. (laughs) I guess it was just lucky that it was number eight? (laughs) Wait, that's actually crazy. I suppose. And so they say that they put a pacemaker in his body and in the rabbit's body. Um, My grandpa had a pacemaker because he kept getting heart attacks. He had like seven heart attacks. Yeah, our grandpa has one too. Yeah, and uh, so it jumpstarts the heart if you get too scared or it goes too low, I think, and if it gets too high or if you try to escape or whatever. A la the bunny, I mean. Yeah, I actually don't know. I think it just, doesn't it pump your heart for you? Yeah, maybe. How's a pacemaker work? I think maybe there are different kinds. Yeah, like if your heart stops, it pumps it for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think they just made this one this way. Yeah. Yeah, like there are different kinds and this is the one this ended up being. Okay. You know what a pacemaker is? What? They stick them in the tickers of people who've had bypass work, whose hearts need just a little jump, a kickstart. The rabbit had a small pacemaker set to deliver its kickstart should it get too excited. Or anxious or frightened? Or should it try to escape? Assuming that you were telling the truth about your age and weight, your resting heart rate should be about 70 beats per minute. Your active heart rate, however, that would be about 140, which is the point at which your pacemaker will cause your heart to explode. So his resting heart rate is 70 beats per minute if he was telling the truth and they know what the truth is. And 140 would be active heart rate. I guess, so is your active heart rate heart rate twice as much as your resting heart rate? I don't know things. 70 I, seems super low. I don't even... Like, I don't know. I, Sawyer's I pretty fit. That's more than once per second. I think that makes yeah. sense for Sawyer because he's like a pretty fit guy. Okay. Um, so yeah, his heart will explode if he goes any higher than his active heart rate. Me when I'm climbing stairs. <laughs> the... <laughs> on Lostpedia, a fun fact was the heart rate monitor Sawyer is made to wear is a Sunto and is labeled as manufactured by Pace Labs 514. Pace Labs 514 is really a Space Labs 514, which is a common heart monitor that was manufactured as early as 1981. How did they come up with this crap? I don't know. Like, how do you think of... I'm like, why do we take off the S? Like, is it supposed to be because, like, Pace Pace Labs? I think it's supposed to be, like, a little little reference. Like, Pace is Charlie's last name? No, because it's a pacemaker. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not a pacemaker. It's the heart monitor. But it's like, like you know, your heart keeps heart pace. Heart pace. Okay, sure. 
Um, yeah, okay, so my next thought was just, like, imagine having to live with that for the rest of your life. Oh, no, thank you. Like, it's not even just the rest of the time that you're their prisoner. Like, you could just, like, never run or jog again or, like, dance or or anything. Yeah, like, it's your whole life. That That's terrifying. Watch a woman take off her clothes? <laughs> like, at this point, just shoot him then. You know? Like, what's the point? Oh my god, that's so funny, though. Sawyer's like, okay, so I can never have a boner again. Got it. Got it. Guess I'll die. <laughs> Sawyer's like, what? No sex anymore? Great! Heck. Guess I'll die. You know what, bud? You weren't getting laid much anyway. Yeah. Um, so he's like, okay, well, why didn't you just kill, like, shoot me if you wanted to kill me? And he's like, we're not killers. I'm like, that's what you've been saying, but I still don't really believe it. Do you think someone would do that? It's arguable. Just go on the internet and tell lies. I'm just like, okay, but do you remember when Ethan was a was a thing? Aww, Ethan killed Ethan. several people. Ethan killed a lot of people, and then he pretended he was from Canada, and that was offensive. Mm. We don't kill people. We do. We do? Lot, lots. Who did you kill? I killed anyone's uh, respect for me. Oh. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> so then Ben brings up Kate and he says, you touch her, I swear. Wow, the romance. Wow. Well, oh, it's beautiful. It's good. And Lizzie, so, what are your thoughts on skate? Don't like. You don't like skate? No. Okay. Just checking. Um, so yeah, they can't tell, he can't tell her or they'll do the same to her. And of course he's like, okay, I will not do it then like great you found my one weakness guess i have to behave now yeah don't like her you don't like kate no i'm gonna need you to rewatch this show with your feminist lens on she's a pick me this is not it's not an unpopular opinion yeah that's not exactly inaccurate i'm gonna say uh but kate kind of is a pick me but no but she was also almost exclusively written by men yeah she was like oh my god i'm skinny and beautiful and everyone loves me oh that's my opinion on that. Okay. So Sawyer is escorted back to the cages and Kate asks him questions about what happened. He just gets upset with her for asking. She got a new change of clothes and Sawyer's watch starts beeping because he saw a naked back. <laughs> it's like he didn't even see a boob. <laughs> he pours water onto himself to cool himself down. <laughs> he didn't even see side boob. <laughs> he didn't even see side boob. He just saw a human back. Or even oh like the start of a butt crack. <laughs> like I think that's like- Nothing. That's, like, just evidence of, like, how into her he was. Yeah. That, like, any part of her that he saw, he was just like, holy crap. Yeah, it's either that or, like, he just hasn't seen- Go to horny jail. It's just been a long time. <laughs> yeah, go to horny jail. Bonk! Yeah. <laughs> that's really what- That's really what Ben put him in. Was horny actual jail. horny jail. Ben was like, ha, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> so they get buckets to wash themselves and Tom's like, okay, well, here's your clothes, Kate. If, if your clothes don't fit, just, like, let me know. We've been bringing it up for the past, like, a couple episodes, but, like, I never noticed how friendly was, like, Kate's keeper. It's, like, really strange. It's, yeah, because, like, there's, there's no, like, overtly, like, sexual, no, like, interest there, so it's just, like, he's just creepily helpful, I guess? Would you say that he's, like, friendly? I would say he's, like, friendly. I think that every- I'm talking to you today. Every time I watched this, I feel like I was, like, oh, that's nice. Oh, well, that's nice of him. Oh, mm -hmm. that's nice. But, like, now that we're, like, going so far into it, I'm just like, this is very heavy-handed, and I wonder yeah. what I would have thought if I was just, like, watching this for the first time, And, you like, know? what was the reason? Yeah. I don't He's know. He's a simp. <laughs> <laughs> He's a simp for Kate! Yeah. All of them are. It's kind of true. Everybody on the entire show is a simp for Kate. Hmm. Hmm. Not inaccurate. Mm -mm. Including Ben. Yeah. Everyone. Same. You know what? I think we've cracked the plot of Lost. Everyone's a simp for Kate. 
Um, so there was a lost on location for, um, this episode, and so there's a lot of, like, talk with Evie and Josh, and Evie said that she really loves her cage and her dress, but they don't really work well together, so today she gets pants so that she gets to climb again. Yay! She loves climbing. And so Sawyer just tells her that they just asked him questions, and she can, of course, tell that he's lying because, um, they're so in sync, and she totally gets him. Oh my god. And so he's like, okay, stop asking me, because I don't think he likes lying to her. Probably not. Um, and so she asks him to turn around. (laughs) He's really stupid. So she asks him to turn around while she changes, and so he does turn around, but then he, like, just, like, forgets he's supposed to be turned around. You know, like, it's not like he looked to be creepy, because even though she asked him to turn around, like, he does turn around. Listen, he's stupid. But then he just, like, I think he forgets that he's supposed to be turned around, and so he sees her back. He turns back around again, and he's like, oh no, horny jail. Um, yeah, and then he goes to the bone zone just for looking at a naked back. The bone Bone zone. (laughs) This episode is out of control. (laughs) So she asks about the watch, and he just, like, yells at her. But I mean, like, she's right. She's like, when did you get a watch? And he's like, what? Nothing, huh? Leave me alone. Shut up. But, like- I understand why Kate's like, this is, like, scary because you keep lying to me, and that's even scarier than anything else that's ever happened here. Honestly, if I were Kate, I would be terrified because that's, like, her one ally. Yeah, she's like, I'm losing my confidant here, and I'm scared. Like, for all she knows, like, even though I don't think he would flip, for all she knows, he did. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I get why he's upset also. Like, first of all, he doesn't like lying to her. He doesn't want her to- keep asking these questions, He's, his heart's about to explode, and his whole life just got ruined because he can no longer ever do anything active ever. Yeah, and she was she was talking to him, like, face-to-face, so she just was, like, holding up her little, little yeah. camisole, so it was, like, probably even more horny jail for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? He had a bad time. So he was like, he was like, he was like, just shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and so he pours a bucket of water on himself. Does that have soap in it? Oh! I think it was just water. I Listen, so. he was just really desperate. Yeah. So Kate tells Sawyer that the bars on her cage are wider on the top, and so she thinks she can get out. And Sawyer tells her to stay put because he wants to stay. And, like, later it's better because once she does get out, he's like, please just leave me. You should probably just leave me. But when she says, like, let's escape, and he says, no, let's stay, like, just because he can't escape, he's, like, kind of bringing Kate down with him. Like, she also has to stay. Like, selfishly, he wants her there, so he's not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later, once she's, like, basically out, he tells her to go, which is nice. Yeah. It's, it's thoughtful. It's thoughtful. Jack hears things on the intercom again, and Juliet comes in, covered in blood. Jack assumes something happened to Sawyer, but she needs his help with Colleen. And he hears, it was a mistake bringing those two here. Hmm. So, I get because they only need Jack? Like, what exactly? I, I'm just wondering what exactly they mean by it was a mistake bringing Sawyer and Kate. Well, because they've caused more trouble than they're worth. Like... They're not even particularly good at doing the manual labor they're assigned. All yeah. they do is stand around and start fights. Yeah. Oh my god, me. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, like, waiting because they, they do still need them as leverage against Jack. Oh, yeah. But right now, Jack kind of is doing the things that they're asking him to do. So it's like, I guess maybe that's why they think it was a mistake. Yeah, I think they're more co- trouble than they're worth. So he immediately asks about Sawyer because um, he heard Sawyer yelling on the intercom. I just, um, I have feelings about Joyer. <laughs> about Joyer? The good ship oh, Joyer. No. Like, Jack is so worried about Sawyer, but it t- he thinks that Juliet's covered in Sawyer's blood. And he's like, oh my god, where is my friend? On This this show makes more sense if you headcanon that Jack and Sawyer are secretly in love. Yeah. But, like, not even secretly in love in the way that, like, they both know that they're in love. Like, 
Jack is in love with Sawyer secretly, and Sawyer is in love with Jack secretly, and they just never they say. They have no idea. Yeah. And that just pining. Then you can explain why they're so obsessed with each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's like, okay, I need your help. And Jack's like, okay. So Jack gets let out with a bag on his head. They blare an alarm so he can't hear Kate and Sawyer yelling for him. Ben disapproves of Juliet bringing him in, but she couldn't do it alone. Jack immediately jumps to action, but Juliet is struggling. This isn't her specialty. Colleen flatlines and Jack asks for the crash cart, but it's broken. Colleen dies and Danny is livid. So the alarm is blaring so that Jack can't hear them. And I guess now they officially know that he is here. Yep. But Jack doesn't necessarily know that they are here. Like he knows that Sawyer was here, but he got hurt. He heard them though. Yeah. I I don't think he he did. You don't think? He stopped. What do you mean he stopped? He was like walking and then they were saying like Doc and Sawyer and then he like stopped. For a second and looked around. See, I noticed, noticed this. I noticed the same thing when we were watching and that's why I said he knows that they're there because Jack does stop when they're walking and kind of like looks around like he's trying to hear something. Yeah, and then they that. like usher him to keep walking. Yeah. Does he ever bring it up though? I don't I don't no. know if he does, but like he definitely hears something and I don't know if he hears his own name or something, but it's something. Okay, I gotta rewatch that because I don't remember him ever doing that. So I went back and looked and um, he does definitely like stop and like move around in kind of a weird manner. But I think that I always just thought of that as him being like, hey, uh, there's a bag on my head. Uh, Can you guys keep leading me where I'm going? I don't know where I'm going. Um, And it occurs to me that I probably should have thought of that as a maybe he can hear them thing. But I was also like, man, the alarm is blaring so loud. How could he possibly hear them? I don't know. I think it's up to interpretation. So, yeah, Juliet did this without Ben's permission, and obviously, you know, Juliet can't do it by herself, Um, but Jack immediately jumps to action um, because he probably misses being in the operating room. Jack does thrive off of, like, that high adrenaline. Yeah. And he sees those x-rays, but they're not Colleen's, Um, and Danny's like, get him out of here. Danny doesn't want him to help. Like, Um, come on, dude, this is your wife. I guess not. So Jack asks for Danny to be removed, and they listen. (laughs) Like, do you, re- who do you answer to? So Juliet says that she got the bullet out um, and she really wants to help, but she's not a surgeon. And like the amount of, like we've kind of gotten some humanization of Juliet, especially at the beginning of 301, you know, but um, since 301, she's kind of just been like a robot for Ben, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so here's where we finally get some more humanity from her, I think, is like that she's like really upset because she's trying her best, but she's not a surgeon and she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Um, so she flatlines and their thing is broken. Um, first of all, the, the screen says 16, so there's that. Oh, that's number. And she needs her heart jumped, which is a parallel to Sawyer because his heart will be jumped, um, if he gets too excited or whatever. Horny jail. And I really love this moment. This is probably, I, I, I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. I really love Jack in this episode. <gasps> that think, is controversial. I think Jack is great in this episode. Wait, why is it controversial? Because a lot of people don't like Jack. Why? Because he's kind of a mansplainer and kind of annoying and he makes everything about him. Hmm. What do you think about Jack? That makes sense. I like Jack. Oh, interesting. He like always wants to do the right thing, but like he's annoying about it so it is annoying but like his heart's in the right place but how he goes about stuff is extremely annoying yeah and he's like the main character of his own story oh yeah he has big main character syndrome i never thought about that also i was not expecting you to like jack i he was my favorite character for so long until i like jumped onto the sawyer train Mm. yeah before i smartened up (laughs) 
I really, I, yeah, so I really love this moment because, um, it's kind of, like, a harsh snap to reality that they're not actually in a hospital. Like, Jack's just kind of, like, in the moment doing his thing, and as soon as she says, it, I can't help you, it's broken, or whatever, it's, like, and all of the music, like, goes away, and there's just a pause where you just hear the flat line in the background. Yep. And it's, like, just this moment where they have, we have to, like, sit with the fact that this isn't an actual hospital, there's nothing we can do for her, she's literally just dead, She's dead and, like, there's no bringing her back. And there was never any saving her either. Yeah. What's he doing in here? Danny, he's here to help. Tell him who did this. You gotta know that. Danny. I need him out of here. Danny, Come get on, out. Danny, no way. Let's go. go. No way. She's my Danny, wife. They got it. I got the bullet out, but she's still bleeding. Right upper quadrant. It's flowing badly. No, no, I patted it. I need you to clamp under the liver so I can get a look back there. I'm not a surgeon. I know. But I need you to do this. Here. She had a retrohepatic bowel bleed. It's uh, behind the liver, that's why you missed it. I need lap pads, as many as you've got. Crash cart. Now. Juliet, I need paddles. It's broken. We haven't had a, a Jack, we haven't had anything happen before. We didn't. We, I don't. It's never happened before. So, you know, they just didn't need it. The other shocking thing is, like, at the same time, I think Jack is probably aware that, like, she was not shot by a friendly. Mm-hmm. So whatever he fails to do puts whoever shot her in. Is on them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So you mean like that he really needs to save her because otherwise son or whoever he thinks shot her is in trouble? Precisely. Okay, yeah. And yeah, so another reason why I love this moment is because um, Jack, even when she starts flatlining, he doesn't give up. And so it's like, okay, well, neither we should we. We shouldn't give up too. Like Jack's going to save her. Jack's going to do it. Exactly. And then the absolute just heart stopper of it's broken. Heart stopper? Literally. Nice. Yeah. And so he starts doing chest compressions, but it's not working. And the the same thing kind of happens to Charlie in season one, And he, but he does save Charlie. Um, but he wasn't, like, shot or anything. You know, like, he, uh, he was uh, hanged. Oh, yeah. So Danny just has to, like, watch from upstairs. I, like, controversial opinion, but I actually super hate medical dramas. So watching this stressed me out in ways that I did not consent to. Yeah. I don't like watching any kind of medical thing. And, like, him having to watch her die, I was, like, not a fan of this at all. It sucks because, like, he obviously wasn't in an operating room for so long. And then his first time back and, like, trying to, like, prove that, like, yeah, I'm a surgeon. This is what I do for a living. And then, like, boom, she immediately dies. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, he experienced immediate failure. Yeah. I do, like, I'm... I'm really, like, proud of Jack, though, for, like, really just, like, going in there. Like, this isn't his specialty either. Like, he is a surgeon, but he's a spinal surgeon, you know? So the fact that he can go in and do surgeries on things that aren't spines, like, not all specialists can do that. Yeah. So it's really cool that he can. I never thought about that. And so he's gonna say her time of death, but he stops. And I was, like, wondering if, like, he looks around for a clock, and I guess there, like, just is no clock, so he, instead of saying time of death, he just goes... Yeah, sorry. Like, she's dead or whatever. Why is there no clock in there? Are they trying to, like, remove his idea of time passing? It's an operating room for animals. But you still need a clock. I I think they're probably doing it psychologically to trick Jack into... 
having no idea how long he's been there. Oh, like, you think that they had the time to take out the clock when Colleen was dying? Okay, fine, maybe not. But I, I was also wondering if, like, maybe it's not that he couldn't see a clock, but it was because he just realized that there is no point, you know? Like, we're not in a real operating room. We're not making a death certificate. It doesn't matter, you know? Mm, yeah, you're right. And I really hate Danny. I can't stand him, but... I do feel really, really bad for him. Yeah, it definitely he doesn't deserve to lose his, lose his wife. Yeah. So Danny goes to the cages and grabs Sawyer, punching him, just beating the crap out of him, and he asks Kate if she loves him, and once she finally says yes, he backs off and leaves him there bleeding. So Danny is finally angry enough to take it out on Sawyer, and Sawyer calls somebody Hoss again. He constantly uses Hoss. And he's punching him, asking if Kate loves Sawyer, and she doesn't say it for a while. Like, yeah, takes, it, it actually takes, her a, takes her a minute. Well, because, like... You gotta wonder what it's gonna achieve, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, my next question is, this is absolutely about Colleen and how the person that he loved just died, but how? Like, how did he make the, how did he make the jump from my person that I love just died to, I'm gonna punch this person unless somebody loves him and then I'm not gonna punch him anymore? Oh, yeah. See, I was like, he wanted to get even, so like, if she loved him, like, he was gonna kill her. Right. Exactly. And I was like, why did he not when he found out that she loved him? Yeah, that was that was my question as well is, is like, he was waiting to figure out if somebody did love him and that's why he didn't kill Sawyer. So I'm not really sure what the... Yeah, if, if she had admitted it, then why, like, he should have just kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand why he stopped. It was kind of like, like... He lost who he loved, so why didn't he, like, take that away from someone else as, like... Punishment. It, it didn't make sense. Okay, like, why did this Loki kind of feel like a fanfic trope? Mm. Where it was like... Oh, um, imagine your ship, for sure. Yeah, like, admit that you love them. It's like, great. It's literally, it's literally fanfic. Thank you. Thank you for my, thank you for my rights. I, I mean, I appreciate it. Uh, and then later when she's like, I only said that, and I was like, oh, okay, we'll see. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. And if she had said it earlier, he wouldn't be so hurt. But she, that that's what makes me think that she did kind of mean it though yeah because if she hadn't meant it she would have just been like yeah 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 is that gonna make you stop great okay yeah sure that's what yeah i love him sure you know yeah yeah why not but the fact that it took her like a while to like decide to say it kind of makes me feel like she does i think she does me too so kate climbs out of her cage and tries to get sawyer out of his he tells her to leave without him she just wants to hear the truth she won't leave without him and she said she loved him just to stop danny she gets back in her cage crawling out of my cage and i've been doing just (laughs) my bad so i felt very bad for sawyer me too he can't go anywhere and he's all messed up he can't go anywhere no when she was like when she was like i just said that oh yeah that was painful and it was like that was that was like oh man right in the honey nut filios (laughs) and that was the only thing that he wanted to hear it's like that's a man who obviously wants to be loved and then Mm -hmm. it was just like boom haha just kidding i just lied about that exactly like that was the one thing like the one part of solace that he got from that whole conversation or that whole interaction was like well at least i know that kate loves me now and then bonk takes it away see ya like even though we know why she did it which was basically to punish him for not telling her the truth Mm -hmm. it's like you you're still on sawyer's side because he just doesn't want to share that he has like he's been put in horny jail and he can't do it because because it's to protect you. He's trying to protect you. Yeah. And I know that that's scary because, like, and he can't even be like, hey, I can't tell you because they said they're going to do the same thing to you if I tell you. He can't even do that, really, because he doesn't know what the rules are. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what, what if he's forbidden from sharing things? What if he's forbidden from even talking to her? Like, there's a whole set of unspoken rules that 
exist because it's Ben. I told you, Tommy. Right. You're the one that said we had to go. Well, that was before. Before what? I don't know what they did to you, but I know you're scared enough to lie about it. And that scares me more than anything that they have done to us before. Wait. Wait. What are you doing? Get you out of here. Don't. I'm not leaving you, Sawyer. I can get it open. You're already out. You gotta go. You gotta leave me. What did they do to you? You go! What is that thing? Run. Just go. It's every man for himself. Why didn't you fight back? Tell me the truth for once in your life. She really loved me. Go. I only said that so he'd stop hitting you. He poured all the water on his on himself like two scenes ago or whatever, but now he has more water, so I guess he got more water in his bucket. Um, and he says that Danny hits like a girl. No offense. I'm like, Th like, thanks for the addendum, I guess. Major offense. Have you ever been hit by a girl? Bonk. Yeah. Kate can really, uh, Kate can really punch, though, I think, so. Lindsay and I used to hit each other so hard that we'd leave bruises, like, for days. I don't regret it. <laughs> I was literally telling Sam yesterday, I was like, I haven't punched someone really hard in a really long time. I, it, the last person that I punched really hard was Lindsay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And now I'm not allowed to punch her. Ooh. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. Sorry about it. No, you're not. No. <laughs> so they're like, whoa, I don't know why he beat me up or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you, you like, just saw Colleen on a stretcher. So, like, can you make an educated guess? Like, you know that he's, like, that's his wife. I feel like it's not hard to guess. Yeah. So Kate escapes and she says that they did something to him and he's afraid enough to lie about it. And that's what the scariest thing is. Um, And he tries to insist that she leave him. I'm glad that Kate, like, kind of says... You know, it's really scary that you're not telling me what's going on because if she hadn't brought it up, I was gonna. Yeah, exactly. And um, so they do the thing again. He says the name of the episode and she's like, it's weird that you didn't even fight back. And But he couldn't fight Danny back because of the watch. No. And of course that was jarring for her because he always fights back, especially towards Danny. Well, listen, when you get put in horny jail, you can't do the things that you used to do. Mm -hmm. And so like <laughs> this Another, just in the middle of a fan fiction, Sawyer says, if you really love me, you should go. And she's like, well, I don't really love you, bye. <laughs> Be like, yeah, yeah, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but actions speak louder than words, though. She gets back in the cage to stay with him. You're oh! telling me you don't love him? Maybe a point also, got made there. All that time they were in there and it took her, like, less than a minute to escape. Yeah. Right? Like, why didn't you do that before? Cause she like, I guess she like just noticed. She's like, I think I that doesn't make any sense. She's like, I think I can fit through the bars. And I was like, because like those little cement things go all the way up to the top. Like mm -hmm. if you had gone up like one little thing, you would have immediately seen that you could fit right through. Oh, I guess that's true. Yep. Well, she was like, I was wearing a dress, so I didn't even think it was possible. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to look at my skirt. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> And, okay, so Evie in the Lost on Location said, the fact that she cared enough about this cowboy that drove her crazy to get back in that cage was incredibly significant. And I was sitting there reading it and I was like, yeah. And I was like, me too. I'm also like, yeah. Aw, that's cute. 
And then Josh said, being on this island is forcing him to come face to face with reality that not everyone is bad and not everything is bad. Interesting. So then she brings up Live Together, Die Alone. And what I really like about Live Together, Die Alone is that they say it occasionally enough to not be annoying. Yeah. There are certain other shows. Naming no names. That have like a specific um, phrase that they, that was significant earlier in the show and that they just start saying over and over and over and over again and I'm like okay now it's annoying you're hammering it home way too hard may we meet again I was gonna say my sister my responsibility that one too oh from the ashes we will rise yeah anyway they say live together die alone occasionally enough for it not to be annoying yeah and I appreciate that (laughs) basically just like the hunter's an annoying show sometimes so Ben watches Sawyer and Kate on the monitors Jack is sitting handcuffs to Colleen's gurney and Ben says to leave him there for a while longer so Ben just like watched all that happen. He watched Kate get out of the cage. Um and his plan totally worked because by by trapping Sawyer even more, he's trapped Kate without even trying. Te- without even technically even trapping her yep. because she's she's literally free. She can leave whenever she wants, but she's staying because of Sawyer. So now, he really yeah. just has to trap Sawyer. He and like that's the ultimate manipulation. Now she ha- he has her loyalty. Mm-hmm. Like, they both could have gotten away there. They wouldn't allow Danny to kill him, and Ben wants Jack to sit with Colleen's dead body a little longer. Why? Just to make him feel bad. Like, they, they want him to work on whoever's x-rays they are. We we know that for yeah. sure. Yeah. They want him to work on whoever's x-rays they are. Um. So I'm wondering if, like, maybe by having him there, they, like, staying there, like, reminds him about, like, reminds him, I don't know, that he failed and that he doesn't want to fail again. Or they're reminding him something. Must save lives. Yeah, you have to save the lives. It's important. And I don't know. I think it's probably at least a little bit, like, it works a little bit. No, I do like it. It's a power move for sure. It's just like, you know how sometimes Ben does stuff and you're just like, what was the purpose? Mm -hmm. That's that's one of those things where I was just like, Ben, Benifer, why? I definitely think that there was a purpose and that it probably works. If not a lot, but at least a little bit. Yeah. So Juliet comes to get Jack. She should have gotten his help sooner. Jack says she would have died either way. Juliet asks if he's just being nice and Jack's like, I don't give a crap about you. (laughs) That was so, like, that was so harsh. He wants answers. Someone has a tumor on their spine and he knows that he's been brought here to save someone. I love that. Because, like, he no, he doesn't care. And I love that he's, like, willing to just say to her face. He just, like, starts laughing and is like, I don't care about making you feel better. Yeah, like. Who are you even? You're my captor. We're not friends. Why should I, why should I care? And it's like, because she's actually wonderful, okay? Sure. You know, just give her a chance. I shouldn't have, uh, I should have come to get you sooner. It wouldn't have mattered. There wasn't any more that you could have done. She was, she was dead before you put her on the table. Are you, are you just saying that to make me feel better? I don't... I don't care about making you feel better. I'm gonna take you back now. Um, I'm... I'm sorry for bringing you here. Whose x-rays are those? Outside? Those are spinal x-rays, and they belong to a man about 40 years old. And whoever he is, he has a very large tumor on his L4 vertebrae. And I just happen to be a spinal surgeon. So, you tell me, 
Johnny Ed? What am I here to say? So they're wearing scrubs from the Hydra um, and not from the staff, which is where we've seen people wear scrubs before. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is probably an operating room for animals because they kept animals here at the Hydra. Juliet says that she's a fertility doctor and that she's not used to death, um, which we'll talk about in the spoilers section. Protect her. Um, they call her Cole, which is weird because we've they've never said that. They, (laughs) they only use Colleen, so I'm not really sure why, why that is. I guess just to make her seem more, like, integrated into- Yeah, I was gonna say, it's- The others. It's to breed familiarity. Yeah. Between them. So Juliet takes responsibility that she could have got she could have gotten him sooner, and Jack relieves her of that because she was totally like already dead. Jack's like, yeah, I don't really care about comforting you. I'm just telling you the truth. He's like, I'm just vibing. So Juliet's gonna take him back, and he wants to know whose X-rays they are. It's the spine of a man about forty years old who has a giant tumor. He knows that he's here to save someone. Jack is smart. Yes, especially about this. Yeah. I love. I love. I really like Jack this episode. Which I mean, surprising. Um, so my next question is, were those x-rays planted where he could see them? Or yeah. were, did they just happen to be there? I think they were totally planted. Mm-hmm. I totally think they were planted. Because why else would you, like, have him there and, like, show him areas of the, like, of his captivity, basically, if you weren't trying to, like, pique his interest? Well, they're try- they needed to save Colleen. Yeah, I know. But with Jack, like, they were eventually going to take him places. Yeah. And if if Jack thinks that it's his idea... Like, if Jack has any part in this own thing by being like, oh, well, I noticed this and I noticed this, he might want to do it more. Well, I, do, I wonder if Jack can tell that if they've been planted, because he might be feeling manipulated. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I really feel like he's really smart in this way, and he's just like, I can tell that either you planted that there, or, like, you don't want me to know this, and eventually you're gonna bring it up. Because he know he's like, that's why I'm here. Okay, maybe I didn't think about that. So, yeah. Maybe you're smart. I don't know. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Sawyer and Kate sleep in their cages. Ben comes to collect Sawyer very early in the morning for a walk. That's the full scene. The uh, The cages seem so uncomfortable to sleep in. Like, what do you even sleep on in there? I don't want to do that. No. Literally I'm... the ground. Leaves. <laughs> what did you just say? Leaves. Dirt. I thought you said beans, and I was like, girl, there's no beans in here. The kibble? Beans. Yeah, you know what? That's what they're saving the kibble for, to yeah. make pillows. Yeah, he puts Where's it next? in his little puddle of water. Yeah. So it just gets a little more squishy. Ew! <laughs> That's disgusting. Ew, it's like, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> he could put it in between the leaves. Boom, foam mattress. Uh, you know what? If they had been thinking, they would have done that. You need to, you should go there and give them tutorials, Lenny. I will. I'm yeah. like, since when does she have any survival instincts? Her survival during the apocalypse is the same as yours, which is just to die immediately. It's not a survival instinct. It's a comfort instinct. Oh, yeah, of course. It's so, a, I don't want to live in anxiety. I would like to die immediately, please. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Hunger Games, just dive off the platform That's right before saying. you go. Mm-hmm. Then you just blow blow up. I hate you guys. And it's like, okay, sorry to the people beside me. You <laughs> might get hurt. <laughs> sorry to that man! Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry that my body juices just ended up all over you. It's like, you know what? It's just, it's practice for the rest of it. I'm fully prepared to just, like, go into, like, the training center or whatever and just, like, hang out. I'm like, y'all got some books or something? Got any snacks? Can I say, like, I gotta say goodbye to my family. Like, it's not happening for me. (laughs) So Ben Sawyer and some others, literally some others, climb a mountainous hill. Sawyer's heart monitor goes. Are they trying to kill him? Ben shows him they're actually on a completely separate island, nowhere near his friends. Trying to get away is completely futile, and also his pacemaker thing is totally fake. They've conned the con man. You know, that takes talent. Mm -hmm. So Sawyer quotes of Mice and Men, and... Then later, Ben quotes of Mice and Men, and Sawyer's like, huh? 
The ultimate power move. He's so illiterate. <laughs> like, he's not, but it's like, you look at him and you're like, you're illiterate. He knows how to read, but he, he has the... He reads so many books that he's like, I can't retain all of it. I yeah. Just, I re- all just I do... pick my favorite parts. Yeah, he's like, I, I retain the storyline, but I don't remember the, like, most of the quotes. He's like, the quote that I remembered was, like, four words long. He remembers all the parts that he wants to remember to use as roasts later. Yeah. His favorite parts. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's a good line. I'm definitely going to use that on someone later. So Sawyer's like, are you trying to blow up my heart? And Ben's like, uh, no, I didn't even do anything. <laughs> it was all like this psychological experiment. It was a placebo. Whoops. Uh, and the bunny is also fine. He was just given a sedative. And <laughs> Sawyer's like, how do I know that's not a new bunny with an eight on it? And Ben's like, I guess it could be. Like, I don't really care what you believe. <laughs> Okay, then, like, try and blow up your heart, then. Who cares? Yeah, like, have fun. (laughs) Go Uh, to horny jail. So he punches Ben in the face. Um, Well-deserved. And he and Kate could have, like, fully just gotten away, so he's, like, really upset. And we learn that they have a second island, and your friends won't find you, and you can't get back because you're literally on a second island. You're not even on the same island. Okay, but now he and Kate know that they can try and escape Mm -hmm. and find a boat. Yeah. Like, this was not information that Ben should have given Sawyer. Am I crazy? Because I really was looking at that distance and I was like, why doesn't he just swim? Exactly. I really feel like you probably could. Um, Yeah, it wasn't that far. Yeah. Like, I'm saying this as if, like, I'm such an athlete and not at all just, like, obese. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I was like, I could do it. Like, I I could swim that. You could definitely give it a shot. I don't know why not. Lindsay, you could attempt that. Yeah, I would definitely drown in, like, the first quarter, but. Yeah, that's why I said attempt. (laughs) Yeah. So they're trying to gain a con man's respect by conning him. Um, and I guess the, the, it kind of works. And Ben literally just points out, hey, it's cute that you didn't care as much about yourself. It was only when we brought up Kate. Like, that's kind of cute. What's up with that? <laughs> Ben's like, so like, is this like OTP? Like, or? So he quotes Of Mice and Men. And either way, Ben wins because he quotes Mice and Men, which shows him that, which tells Sawyer that he has read it. If Sawyer had recognized the quote, then Sawyer's like, oh, he's also read Of Mice and Men. Okay, never mind. Sawyer doesn't recognize the quote. Then he is like, wow, so you don't even know the thing that you just referenced. Either way, Ben wins, which I love. Either way, Ben gets to call Sawyer stupid. And I think, like, any day that Ben gets to call anyone stupid is a great day for Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's the end of that storyline. But before we um, move on, I wanted to bring up some of the previous spoilers that we talked about in the spoiler section in regards to the fact that uh, that they're on a separate island. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first of all, they got knocked out to get to the cages because they literally had to transport them from a separate island. And Carl, it was weird because Carl asks about how long of a walk it takes to his camp. This was in 301, I think. I'm pretty sure Carl knows that they're on the other island. Like, maybe Carl doesn't know that they're all on the other island. Like, maybe they're all living on Hydra Island to, like, build the thing that they're building. Like, it doesn't make sense unless Carl thinks the survivors live on Hydra Island. Or that there's, like, just, like, maybe they have... No, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And then in Glass Ballerina, uh, they say they might find us. Uh, so the the thing that they were worried about when um, they were talking about that wasn't that they were going to find their camp, but was that they were going to discover that there was a separate island. Oh. Yeah, so we talked about that in Glass uh, Ballerina. Okay. Um, so before we move on to flashbacks, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more. So like, okay, so 
if we're one of your favorite creators, crazy. That's so nice of you guys. You can go to patreon.com slash the aficionados and become a patron for like a dollar a month. That's so small. I already do that. I know. That's so nice of you. And if you are a $5 or more a month patron, you get like a whole bunch of stuff like postcards and discounts to our shop, which is shopdeluxe.com. You get a 10% discount. And you also get early access to all of our podcasts by at least a day. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's uh, at any donation. Yeah, amount. sorry, that one's at any threshold. Yeah, um, these podcasts go out a week in advance, so uh, nice. Yeah, Lost tends to go up early, and sometimes Stranger Things goes up early. Yeah, which is great. Tell me more about ChoppyLux.com, Brittany. Um, like, okay, so that's a website where you and I post our handmade, like, goods and services. Services, huh? Yeah, because we take customs. Oh, that's I guess that's true. Sure. Yeah. Um, I make handmade resin art and geeky stickers, and Robin makes custom embroidery, and it's really cool, and she has designs from Lost right now. Yeah, I have Locke from the pilot when he has his, like, orange smile, and I have the Dharma Initiative logo, and it's, like, literally any of the logos that you want. Right now, I've only made a couple of swans, so if you want, like, I don't know, a different one, I, I would... I would love to make that for you. And I'm going to be making Kate, Sawyer, and Juliet in the future, but I am kind of swamped in, like, orders right now, which I can't complain about, so I can't really make any more new ones. Um, But if you want them, hey, if you put them in custom, if you go buy a custom Sawyer, then... uh, Then she'll move that one up the production process. Yeah, definitely, so... Also island-themed, she makes some really cool Moana ones in which I have hanging on my wall. I hey. love the Moana ones. They're so cute and so detailed. Thank you. Like, especially the Hey Hey. So detailed. Especially the Hey Hey. Oh my I, god, what? Get out of my brain. Oh my god, it's like our sisters. The Hey Hey is incredible. I have to make another Hey Hey this week, and I'm like, oof. This is a lot. Oh no. Yeah, because you freaking made his, like, plume, like, ombre. It's true. She wanted to see if she could do ombre. Turned out she could, and now people want it. Yeah. Yeah, so only um, check out Shop Deluxe if you want to, like, spend all your money because my whole room is basically decorated in your guys' stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me happy. I, I, I like it. I'm a fan of it. My, our rooms are also decorated in ours. Yeah. I'm literally looking at Robin's embroidery in our room right now. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys don't have to purchase your own stuff. That's true. You know, you make it for yourself. Me, I'm like, oh, I want this, 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 and this. Thank you, please. <laughs> Give me money. Um, this year is really exciting on Patreon, though, because we uh, hit a milestone. And so we're going to be sending out these really cool stickers um, with our postcards this year in November. Um, they are going to say things like, okay, love you, bye, and the Aficionados logo, and I like Brooding Anti-Heroes anti- anti- and Feminist Agendas and lots of really cool stuff like that. So you guys are definitely going to want to join before November. Um, and also, uh, we also just started making annual memberships a thing because Patreon emailed me and was like hey do you want to do annual memberships because some people like that and I'm like sure so you get a 10% off discount so if you want to be a $5 patron instead of paying $60 over 12 months you would pay $54 um once and and that is true with all of our tiers so yeah yeah. uh lots of lots of new stuff lots of cool stuff happening over there and our stickers will be like vinyl and waterproof and Mm -hmm. they'll be like holographic and stuff like that like they're gonna be cool yeah but I think because you- your family got you what? A cricket! <laughs> I'm so excited! Are you making them on the cricket? I thought you were ordering them. I'm, no, I'm making some on the cricket and then some ordered depending on what material we use for which sticker. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm not in the loop about that. <laughs> well, it's okay because I got cricket, so I know everything now. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, cool. So now we're going to move on to flashbacks. Yay! This is the part that I really wanted to hear Lindsay's thoughts on. Mm. All right, flashbacks. Sawyer boxes another inmate in prison. As they're leaving, they see a real fight going on. The man getting beat up is, Mun- is named Munson. He stole $10 million from the government and they never found it. The warden wants to keep Munson safe so he can find the money. So um, they talked a lot about this on the Lost on Location and Josh said that they shot it in a real prison. He said it's a real prison and they don't shut it down for you. So they had to work around the actual prison. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's cool, but also like kind of scary. Yeah. Um, so he's got a heckin' ponytail. <laughs> this is his this is his like man bun episode. Listen. I don't think he ever I don't think he ever does this again. I was really into it. He's valid. Yeah. Of course you were. <laughs> it was very sexy. Was it? Yes. Okay. So he's boxing in prison. Oh, yeah. Um, Sawyer's hairstyle. This is my exact hairstyle. Uh, oh, my God, it is. Yeah. That's why when I did a Sawyer cosplay, I just had to part my hair down the middle. And then I'm like, I'm done. I need to think about some things because you literally do have Sawyer's hairstyle. Yeah. Okay. I wear my hair in that little tiny ponytail all the time. Yes, you do. Josh also said, I box for training just to stay in, sh- stay in shape and because I like to hit things. Mood. Is what Josh said about this. And he also said that they spent a lot of time shooting it and there was, like, none of it in the episode. Oh, what? He said they spent hours shooting boxing. That's so disappointing. I would have liked to see it very much. <laughs> I wonder, I wish they would have um, put out that uh, that footage for you. That deleted scene. Mm-hmm. I just watch it. Yeah. Munson is new. He ripped off the government and he's getting beaten up by other inmates. So the guards, like, kind of take their time breaking it up. And the warden's name is Warden Harris. So it seems like they don't usually break up fights, but they are doing it now because they don't want Munson to die because he's the only person who knows where the money is. You know, shady stuff. You know. I've seen Orange is a New Black. I know these things. Mm. So Munson's job in the prison is sewing while Sawyer is stuck being a janitor. He gives Munson advice not to fall for the warden's schemes. Next, he'll get his wife to help get the info out of him. The warden walks up eating an apple. He threatens to extend Sawyer's sentence and drops his apple, making Sawyer clean it up. What a dick. So Sawyer is manipulating the word or manipulating Munson here. Okay, so one of the things that was my main question about this flashback was when exactly the deal between the warden and Sawyer happens. Um, oh. Because we don't see it. And so I'm like, when exactly is it happening? Like, my first thought was that after Munson tells him where the stuff was, he goes to the warden and says, I know where the stuff is. Can we work out a deal? Okay. But then in the last scene or whatever, the warden is like, hey, you remember this guy from this or whatever? I think that with all of the information, my most educated guess would be that in between the first scene and the second scene is when the deal happens. Yep. I think that Sawyer hears from his boxing friend about Munson, and then that's when he goes to the warden and tells him his plan, and then... It's Sawyer and the warden are manipulating Munson when the when the warden comes up in this episode and drops his apple, etc. Yep. yep. I think the warden's in on it at this I, point. I think that you're right, and I think that that's, like, kind of brutal. So Sawyer has to be a janitor, and Munson gets to do sewing, and Sawyer says that he's been in there for nine months. Um, Munson's prisoner number is 248. Oh, all of those are numbers. Well, not two. Two, yeah, two of them are numbers. Yep. He calls Munson Costanza, so that's a reference to Seinfeld. Um, he, it's a reference to the character George Costanza in Seinfeld, basically. Lindsay, is this Andy from Cougar Town? Andy from Cougar Town, yeah. Oh, see, I was like, I think it's Andy, but the thing is, I'm so used to him being, like, a lovable goofball that when he was kind of, like, prisoner energy, I was like, is that him? That's what I'm saying. All the extras in this are, like, 
from things that I love, Cougar Town and Love Actually. I kind of love that, like, this is, like, when you see actors doing sort of, like, bit parts before they become, like, really famous. Like, even, like, even though Evangeline, obviously, that she was a main role, like, now she's, like, Marvel famous. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Wait, what's she in Marvel? She's the Wasp. Oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot. Whoops. Oopa poopy. And, 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 um... What's her name from the first one? Fast and Furious. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically, yeah. Mich- Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. And then uh, Maggie Grace was in Taken. I don't know if that was after this or before this. But she was, was like Liam Neeson's daughter. Yeah. And then obviously Ian Summerhalder went on to do Vampire Diaries. Whether or not that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Lord of the Rings was before or after. Maybe it was. this was a downgrade. Lord of the Not that Lost is a downgrade, but... Lord of the Rings was before this for Dom... But then Lord of the Rings for Evangeline was after this when, when they did The Hobbit, when she was in The Hobbit. And they dated. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, while this was happening, she, like, Dom and Evie were dating during season three. That makes zero sense to me. That is a coupling that is, that I, my brain isn't wrapping around that. Yeah, I, I never really. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me either. That is so strange. I know. Dude, look up video look up pictures. There's like, paparazzi there's, there's pictures. Paparazzi of them. pictures, yeah. I'm doing it right now. Also, Sawyer calls Munson Murgatroyd in reference to Snagglepuss, which is a cartoon character. Heavens to Murgatroyd is an American exclamation of surprise and dates from the mid twentieth century. The expression was popularized by Snagglepuss, a regular on the on the Yogi Bear show in the nineteen sixties, and was used in Meet the People, spoken by some guy next they'll have okay yeah anyway snagglepuss i guess mm-hmm. still not really sure why murgatroyd was used not really explained but sure um so he says that next they'll have munson's wife try and get the info out of him and sawyer wants to help munson because he hates the warden another thing is that sawyer's prisoner number is 840 oh so there you go there's more so the warden shows up he threatens to extend sawyer's stay and he drops the apple so sawyer can pick it up and he's not even finished the apple yeah, that's, like, the most hateful part. It's, like, not even done. He took, like, two bites. Like, you have to be seriously trying to send a message if you're not even going to finish your apple. Exactly. My dog would have loved that apple. <laughs> so this, this moment was certainly fabricated for Munson, I think. I, I agree with that. And, yeah, it's unclear if Sawyer met with the warden before finding out the location or after. I think it's before. I think it was right before this scene. Yep. Personally. I think everything from here on out is a setup. Yeah. At visiting hours, Munson gets a visit from his wife and makes eye contact with Sawyer. Sawyer is visited by Cassidy, who's char- who charged him for conning her. She tells him that they have a daughter together named Clementine, and maybe Sawyer could write to her sometime. He rejects her, saying that he doesn't have a daughter. So Munson's talking to his wife, just like Sawyer said, and it's weird because, like, I don't really understand why Sawyer is there if he isn't expecting anyone. I think he is expecting- Because if someone's- if someone's there for you, they tell you to come and sit, and then they let that person through after screening. Oh, I guess- I guess he was just like, I don't even know who's showing up. Or maybe he knew it was going to be her, but he just, like, wasn't sure why she was coming. It's- it's- One of the two. It's likely that he didn't know, though. Okay, yeah, it's- it's because then he was like, what are you doing here or whatever, so. Yeah, I wonder who he thought it was. I don't know. Oh, it kind of makes me sad who he was, like, hoping it was. Yeah. Aww. Um, so, Sawyer has a cigarette, but he, he just, like, never smokes. Um, and I have a, I had a theory about that, like, earlier in the podcast. Uh, and I, it was, um. It's a metaphor. A, a, a lot of people stupid. were like, okay, sure, on my theory. And a lot of people were like, no, I don't think your theory is right, so. 
it doesn't matter either way. I just think it's interesting that Sawyer always seems to have cigarettes, but he never smokes them. And earlier in season one, when he's smoking, it's literally like he takes two puffs and then like throws it away. Like, yeah. he, he's never smoking. And I think it's probably because Josh just doesn't like smoking or doesn't like like the fake cigarettes or whatever. But my headcanon is that Sawyer literally just doesn't smoke and he just like has cigarettes to look cool. I think that is the most Sawyer thing I've ever heard. I think so, but some people disagree with me. It's okay if you do. So Cassidy pressed charges on him for conning her, and you know what? That's fair. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she calls him Sawyer, even though she obviously knows his name is James Ford, and she says that they have a daughter named Clementine. Why name her Clementine? That is yeah. quite the name. It's 2003, and you're naming it someone Clementine? Okay. That is, um, that's a choice. It's a pretty name. It's just like, what year Why? did you come out of? Yeah. Um, so she literally just wants, she doesn't want anything from him. She just wants him to know. And maybe he could write her a letter sometime. Um, and then he references Father Knows Best, which was a popular American TV and radio sitcom, which portrayed an idealized vision of a middle class American life of the era. So that makes sense. And um, he like refuses to believe that it's his daughter. And she's like, it, it is. And he just like, just refuses. He's just like, nah. He's really aggressive about it. And, you know, now we've gotten a Sawyer that is more, more gentle, I think. Like, he's gone through even a little bit of character development just throughout these first two seasons that we've had him. Yeah. Um, because this is a very aggressive Sawyer who is, I, I mean, I understand angry at Cassidy for charging him, etc. Yeah. What's this? This is your daughter. What do you want? Well, first I wanted you to know. Then what? I think I'm gonna take one look at this picture and turn into Father Knows Best. We're living in this little place in Albuquerque. It's near the university. Why are you telling me this? I just thought you could write her a letter. Her name's Clementine. What the hell am I gonna write? Dear Goo Goo Gaga, she's a baby. She ain't mine. Sawyer, she... I ain't got no daughter. I feel bad for Cassidy. Yeah. Like, especially because, like, how do you, she just, like, she gets conned, mm -hmm. and then she finds out she's pregnant, mm -hmm. and then she has to just, like, have this kid, and all she wants from Sawyer is a letter for her daughter. Like, that's just, like, she doesn't want child support, she doesn't want money, she doesn't want him to, like, be a dad, she just wants a letter. Or, and for him to know. Yeah. And he doesn't care. I, I don't think that that's, like... Well, one, she probably knew that she was pregnant when she charged him. Um, oh. Because, like, that kind of stuff takes time. And it's not like you don't know after, like, a month. So, for she probably knew. So, it's kind of like, I don't really feel that bad for her. Because, like, she's not getting child support because she charged him. Um, and then, like, what did she expect out of a con man at this point? Like, he's in jail for conning you. But she charged him because he conned her. No, I know, but, like, then why would you come to him, you know? It's kind of like, yeah. just cut ties and be done with it. What, what did you expect from a con man? Like, you were just going to hurt your own feelings. That's a good point. You just kind of, like, how many times can you go back to the same thing and expect a different result? Like, I get she wanted him to know, but, like, asking to write the letter, one, it is a baby, obviously. <laughs> like, the baby cannot read. Um, <laughs> and I think it's for the future, Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, well, still. He makes a but good then, point. Like, He's like, what do you want me to write? Gaga goo goo. Yeah, that was, that was so funny. But I just like, I don't know. Like, if I was in the same situation, 
I would just be like, okay, I'm done with it. He doesn't know the kid exists, and that's that's probably for the best. Right, he's never going to try. If he's such a bad guy that you've charged him with something and he's in jail. That's a good point. I never thought about that. He's never going to know. He's never going to try. So, like, why even tell him in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, and then also to, like, spring it on him and expect it to be, like, good news. And he's just going to be like, oh, my God, let's be together or something. (laughs) Like... She's charged him with a crime. He's in jail for like, what, six years? Why? Why? I don't know why. I I don't know. It just bothered me because I was just like, you're just hurting your own feelings. Yeah, that's fair. You can't expect a bad man to be good. Yeah, she should know him better than that. Yeah. I think because I think it's like partial wishful thinking. Like, I think it's just like sort of an optimist view of like, hey, maybe some of what we had was real. I don't feel any affection for him, but... I know that maybe he's a good guy deep down. I'll give it a shot and see if he cares about having a child. Yeah, but then aren't you just putting your kid in danger at that point? That's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, it makes me think that she's probably still partially in love with him. Mm -hmm. And that she definitely, she wants him to want to be a part of it. So like once he gets out at six, in six years or whatever, because he's been there for nine months. So it's like almost just a little over five years still. And by, at that point, like, if as long as Clementine has, like, I don't know, gotten a letter or whatever, if Sawyer shows up after five years or whatever, Clementine's, like, in kindergarten or whatever, to say, or whatever one more time, Robin, <laughs> then, I don't know, maybe, maybe she's hoping that he wants to hook back up together and raise the kid. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. If it was me, I'd just, like, not want him to know because it's obvious that he's a bad guy and I want to protect my kid. Right. That's fair. I think it's, like, you never know until you're in the situation, like, what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Maybe so! Maybe so. Yeah. Lindsay, do you have any insights on pregnancy? <laughs> Mayhaps. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so! I, um, I think there's a lot of different ways to read that scene. Yeah. Um... I can't help but feel compassion for her, but I understand having issues relating to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel super bad for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel super, super bad for her. It's a terrible situation. I'm just like, girl, take your baby and run. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like you feel bad for her, but at the same time, you kind of just wish that you could, like, help her and tell her, like, please don't do this. Like, he's never going to be what you want him to be. And then, of course, in the end, he proves he actually is the person she assumed he was. Mm-hmm. So her instincts were right. But I it also made me it also made me super, super mad for her because like when he's like, Well, that's what you charged me with, and she's like, You're you're mad at me for that? Like, like you should be charged with it. Like you, he was like fully like He stole money know. from her. He like literally a stole a lot of he money manipulated from her. her. And then had the audacity to be like angry at her for doing it. And I was just like, What? Grow up, bro. Grow but, up. But I also have a hard time believing that Sawyer wouldn't be mad about that. Oh you yeah. Know? Like of course he like of course he's mad. Of course he's mad at it. Should should he be mad? No. Well, I guess he should He's mad it, he got caught. Yeah, he deserves to be in jail. But I understand being angry that you're in jail, you know? Yeah. 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 Of course you're gonna be angry that you're in jail, but it's like at the same time, what did you think was gonna happen, bud? <laughs> yeah. I guess like he expected that he manipulated her so hard that she like loved him so much that that she she would turn on him and that's like part of his con is he like gets them so so attached that they that they won't go against him that makes me so sad but i mean it worked also because she still came to visit him yeah oh yeah it worked flawlessly i want to protect her 
So Sawyer reads his book when Munson interrupts him. He's upset that his wife went against him. She's hired a personal investigator and she's definitely going to find the money. He asks Sawyer to move it for him, but Sawyer doesn't want to be a target. Munson says that the warden will get all the money if he doesn't help, which changes Sawyer's mind, which changes Sawyer's mind. Mm. I think, I mean, this is exactly what he wanted because I, in my mind, this, like, he's just waiting for Munson to tell him where the money is. Yeah, he lured Munson to him. He's literally, like, looking at a con that, like, he's staring at Cassidy and he's looking at a con that, I mean, technically, I guess, worked because he got a lot of money, but didn't work because he went to jail. And then he, like, looks over at Munson, and Munson's right there, and that's the con he's currently in the middle of. Yeah, because he can't not be working. Yeah. Like, Sawyer needs to be hustling at all times. Mm -hmm. So he's reading Of Mice and Men, and Munson is, of course, upset because he thought that his wife would stand by him. Sawyer says, once you care, that's when they can come at you. How can we make that about the island storyline? Oh, because he hid his beeper thing from Kate because he cares about her. And I think it's also even a little bit about Danny, too. Why? Well, once you care, that's when they can come at you. Like, Oh, um, duh! Like, Danny literally came at him. You're right. And, like, opposite of that, once Kate cared is when Danny stopped coming at Sawyer. Yep. That's crazy. So, Munson asks what Cassidy wanted, and he says that she wanted something he doesn't have. So what is that? The ability to be a father? Like, she didn't even, she didn't want his help. She didn't want his money. What is this thing that he says that she wants that he does not have? Compassion. He, like, he full on is willing to say he doesn't have any compassion, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the right word for it. So Munson confesses to stealing the money and Sawyer doesn't want to move it for him. But of course, he's just like bluffing. And like, I, I don't really understand what he means by that. Like, how would he move it? Like, he's in prison. Yeah, but you just assume they have contacts. He would have contacts outside? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he's like, the warden's gonna get it all if you don't help. And of course, like, in Sawyer's mind, it's like, oh, well, I hate the warden, so I'll definitely help you. But I was very, um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to help you because obviously I'm not working for the warden. But if, if the warden's gonna get it, then I, I definitely want to help. For yeah, sure. for sure. Wink, wink, nudge, mm. nudge. So Sawyer meets with the warden. He's telling the FBI where the $10 million is in exchange for not having to do the rest of his sentence and a bunch of money, which he asks to be put into a bank account in Albuquerque for Clementine. See, he is a good guy. Well, I don't know if I would See? go that far. He is an okay guy. He did something. But for only $10 million, he gets six years off his sentence and he gets money? Yeah, I'm like, I don't, and we don't even know how much money. Seems like a mighty reward. The money part was actually shocking. I did not think he would get paid for that. I figured he'd just get out on his sentence and then after that he was screwed. Right. Yeah. And I don't and I don't think it's even it, it definitely isn't even said how much money he received even, so I'm not even sure. But so he meets with the warden in the boxing arena and the warden basically just says that he thought he was dumb, but it turns out he's dumb but also good at conning people. And I'm like, "You know what? That's only okay when we say it." <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, do you remember Agent Friedman from the FBI?" And I think it's interesting that no. He goes you're a free man, Sawyer. And the agent is named Freedman. Freeman. So that's interesting. <laughs> like, that's a little, that's a little <laughs> on the nose. So I guess he has met with Agent Friedman before, like during the deal that they made earlier in the episode. And he tells the FBI where the $10 million is. And the place where it is, it was hidden in a red Bronco in a store quick facility. Okay. So basically in like a storage facility, he has like a storage locker, like on storage wars. And there's a... <laughs> car in there the fact that your reference for storage lockers is storage wars is my favorite thing that has happened in this podcast uh yeah okay and the store quick facility is off the 441 so four. Oh, that's a number 
and it's in unit 23C. What? Do they need to go this hard? I think that dad, that might have been Jack's seat number also oh. on the plane. Lindsay, do you have the lost numbers memorized? No, I don't. That's wow. okay. You should probably fix your life then. So they say that they're doing all of this as agreed. So like how early in the episode was he in on it? I think as soon as Sawyer sees Munson, he goes to the warden with a deal. 100%. As agreed. The last six years of your sentence have been commuted. As soon as the truck is recovered and the funds confirmed, your commission will be processed. Now, how would you like that? We'll set up a new account. Don't matter what bank. Just make it in Albuquerque. Okay. Put it in the name of Clementine Phillips. Okay. Clementine Phillips. And I want it so there's no way she can ever find out who the money's from. Who's Clementine Phillips? Be done. That's nice. And it's cool because there was a fun fact on Lostpedia. The bank that Kate helps rob in whatever the case may be, which is in season one, Mm -hmm. is located in Albuquerque. And that's the same city where Sawyer opens an account for Clementine. So potentially that could be the same bank that Sawyer opens the account in. Is it possible that Kate robbed Sawyer? No, because Kate was only trying to get her little uh, plane guy. All right. Man, that would have been so funny, though. Yeah. Well, she'd be robbing Clementine. Kate's like, I'm rich. And Sawyer's like, what the hell? What the heck, man? He never wants her to know where the money's from. Oh, yeah, she would have been robbing a baby. Yeah. (laughs) My baby. He never wants her to know where the money comes from. And he could be, like, paying for her college or something. Why why doesn't he want he want her to ever know where the money's from? No one can know that he's a nice man. Don't be ridiculous. He's like, I won't write you a letter, but I will give you hundreds, maybe thousands. Hundreds of, of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. I think that eventually they probably like I feel like Cassidy probably could guess where the money came from. Okay, here's the thing. And also how would Clementine even get this money? Like, how does she even know this bank account exists? I think this is a true selfless move. And this is what true repentance looks like. Because when you like repent to a person, like not like to God or whatever, because like, I don't know anything about that. But like, when you want to make amends with someone, you're not doing it for credit. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do, whether or not they know that you've done it. So I think like by him saying, I want it to be anonymous, he is truly saying, I regret what I did to Cassidy. I want to help Clementine, but I know that I don't deserve any of the credit for doing these things. He's not doing it for praise. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do, which I think is like massive points in Sawyer's favor favor in terms of like him becoming a different person. Right. He's a good boy. I'm with you. So he's lied and cheated his way out of prison. He's not that good boy. Yeah. Another thing is also like I wonder if like I just I just want to know like if Clementine like chooses a different bank to go with like will she ever find out she has his money like I wonder if they like start I think they would tell them like I feel like even if they went to a different bank they'd be like hi I'd like to open a bank account for Clementine Phillips and they'd be like oh you already have one. <laughs> you imagine what a nice surprise that would be? be like whoa dope you'd like go to like open a bank account and they'd be like not only is there a bank account in your name. But it has, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in it. It's I would like, cry. It's very Harry Potter going to Gringotts, and it's like, dope. Uh, I'll take the lot, please. I know that that's true. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, oh okay. Uh, beep. It's a beep? Beep, beep, it said. Uh, cool. Are we ready to move on to segments? Yes. Cool. So, our segments, uh, we start with Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Sawyer for... From of Mice and Men. 
You like it? Puppies get killed. <laughs> He's like, hey, you're a crazy guy. Do you like dead puppies? Probably. And that's that solidified um while well, like never read of mice and men. Yeah, no thanks. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. And mine goes to Hurley for. Is that art? Is that art? Is that art? I feel like I love art. I feel like that's that's a pretty good guess. Also, Sam literally brought us home fruit salad. She's such a great lady. Did she? <laughs> yes. I'm so jealous. I am sorry that you don't have fruit salad. I wish that you were here yummy, to eat yummy. fruit salad. You were supposed to be here to eat fruit salad with us. I know. Lindsay was supposed to hear, be here recording, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, our whole family had a COVID scare. Yeah. So. Still get home. I think 2020 in general is just hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And who's yours goes to, Lynn? Um, goes to Ben <laughs> when he's um, mocking Sawyer. What are you talking about? It's from Of Mice and Men. Don't you read? Don't you read? Don't you read? It's so good because Sawyer's like, don't you read? And Ben's like, don't you read? <laughs> ben just literally had his feelings hurt. <laughs> so our next segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith. Uh, this episode we're talking about Sawyer. What do you think, Brittany? Man of Science or Man of Faith? Mm -hmm. I actually don't know. I guess I would say Man of Science in that he has so little faith in anything that he has to game every system that he comes across mm -hmm. so like he's setting up you know cons and selling out other people and basically just doing what he has to do to survive and i think he is definitely a man without faith yeah yeah i'm inclined to agree i think that he is i also think he's a man of science um because he's like constantly coming up with plans and everything and even when he has to have faith that you know the pacemaker will blow up his heart or whatever like he, you know he believes it so it's like faith but he thinks it's science yeah you know he thinks that he what he's been given is facts so i definitely agree that he's a man of science that poor idiot now it's time for sawyer's book corner and in sawyer's book corner we're talking about of mice, of and, mice men. and men whoa so Sawyer reads this book while in prison. He later references the book and Ben quotes from it. It's a 1937 depression era novel written by John Steinbeck. The book is critical of the American dream and all dreams in general, suggesting that they are ultimately futile. Listen, you know what? That's the energy we don't need right now. We need to be dreaming of bigger things right now. <laughs> yeah. But I understand like bringing up Of Mice and Men right now because, you know, Sawyer, I don't know, dreams of being not a prisoner anymore, yep. you know? And Ben's trying to tell him it's ultimately futile, even though Sawyer's the one who brings up Of Mice and Men. It's interesting, like, he's a prisoner in the Island storyline, and he's a prisoner in the flashbacks. Yeah. And he's reading Of Mice and Men, or he's not reading Of Mice and Men on the island, but he's reading Of Mice and Men in prison, and he's thinking about Of Mice and Men when he's once again in prison, basically. Um, and he's thinking about how his dream of being free is, is ultimately futile. And in um, the flashbacks... It works for him, and he is able to get himself out with his own, his own... Cunning. Cunning and, um, like, the things he's good at. Yeah. What's the word for the things you're good at? Talents. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you forget the word talent? That's okay. Sometimes you forget words. Can I have a look at your... Timepiece. Timepiece? Uh, so, it's interesting he's able to get himself out, um, using his own talents in the... Uh, in the flashbacks, but in this one, Ben is telling him, you can't get yourself out, no matter what you do, because it's, uh, 
it's it's a different island. Sawyer's like, don't believe me, just watch. So the next segment is, did they do the thing? And the thing is when they say the name of the episode. In the episode, they did do the thing this episode. They did it three times. They sure did. It's every man for himself, Rakoff. It's just going. It's every man for himself. Why didn't you fight back? Damn it, Freckles Stone. Every man for himself. Yay. How many episodes since the last knockout? I don't know how many. Zero. <laughs> zero. They keep knocking people out. Everyone on this show should have a concussion at all times. Yeah. Oh, they should? Or basically they do. Yeah. Yeah. How many episodes since the last Jacksplain? I thought maybe this episode there could have been a Jacksplain because I thought maybe, like, him telling Juliet about, um, like, the x-rays and everything and it's like i know things about things i know things about things but britney said that that doesn't count as a jack's plane because jack genuinely does know more about thing about and, it yeah i think it doesn't count because that's actually literally his area of expertise okay so i'll allow it i th- i don't think it, it definitely doesn't count because she's just a fertility doctor and he's yeah. like a full-blown sergioni so maybe he's and also she just like really failed at surgery so it's like he's like you sure you know about this Exactly. So I think that's ten episodes since the last Jack's plane because it was lockdown, and then it was so that was so that was seventeen. So we eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, one, two, three, four. That might be eleven. I don't remember. It's it's a lot. Counting is hard. Yeah. Uh, the last segment is: Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? Mm, no. No. We we thought more would than they do, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Is that how you say that word? Bechdel, yeah. I've always called it the Bechadel. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> like a bechamel. That. I was just gonna be like, you mean like bechamel? Yeah. Fuck, Lynn, that's so funny. <laughs> Think about food 24-7. Mood. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neefs. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you um, listen. We would really appreciate it. You can even just do the little stars if you don't want to write anything or recommend us to a friend. That would be really cool. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to suffer about that show, too. Um, be- well, the last season was a suffer. The rest of the show it was. The last season was poor. Yeah. Um, anyway, we have covered seasons four to seven. We are, by this time, done. Holy crap. And we'll be going back to cover the actual good seasons after that. Yes. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Um, we have done all available episodes of Riverdale. That's seasons one to four. And it has been renewed for seasons five and season six. I could not be more thrilled that, uh, Sam likes to call that the junk food of television. It's correct. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like a, a, a more edgy soap opera. Um, in the best way. And a lot of people um, listen to our podcast without even watching the show. So uh, maybe check it out. Yeah, taste. My best friend does that. She does. Hi, Nadine. She listens to all your podcasts, um, but doesn't watch some of the shows. I love her. I respect the heck out of that. Yeah. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that entire franchise too. Um, We covered season one of Star Trek Picard and we have future episodes planned. I actually just came up with a bitchin' idea to do like a shipping episode for each uh series so i want to do that okay yeah starting in 2021 we'll be having more star trek content if you're a fan of stranger things we'd like to talk about that show too if you like more things that start with s and then t check out (laughs) stranger things uh we've done all of season one we're almost done season two and um season three coming in 2021 yay 
you can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter. Um, Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Um, yeah, people still use that platform. It's, it's actually, it's peaceful now. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Twitter is now the battleground and the annoying parts of where Tumblr was in 2012. Yeah. So Tumblr's nice and peaceful now. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, oof, it's expensive. Now you can do annual memberships if you like, and you get 10% off by doing that. So um, uh, quite a few people have done it already, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And so if you'd like to do it, feel free to do so. We yeah. are going to continue putting out, um, we're going to continue putting out podcasts monthly uh, for like a while. So yeah. check it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end, but I would not recommend it. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And um, maybe check out my embroidery business. It's Hybridy at H-I-B-Y-R-D-I. Yay! Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us! Thanks for being here, Win. Thanks for having me. Tell us where we can follow you again. Oh, um... Three oh. different usernames, three <laughs> different places, but Twitter. Check out. You can check out the check out the description. Then if it'll all be in there. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> Are you just realizing how badly you need to unify your branding? Maybe so. Yeah. Join us for our next episode, which is three hundred five: the cost of living, and we're going to be having Erin on for that. Um, she's at Speedmouse on Twitter, <gasps> and when angel. I tell you guys, she is so lovely and like the nicest person in the entire world. So yeah, I'm she, so excited. Yeah, to she literally is like sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Did I steal that from you guys? What? Okay, love you, bye? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I say that at the end of every single one of my YouTube videos, and I'm just now realizing <laughs> that I asked, like, maybe subconsciously stole that from you guys. I I feel honored. Yeah. Like, did I? Probably. I, yeah, we've been doing this for four years, so. <laughs> to be fair, I've only listened to, like, two of your <laughs> podcasts. You know But what I feel like called? maybe I did steal it from you. Oh, that's okay. Can, hey, Lenny, can you give us an okay, love you, bye for the end of the podcast in your way? Yes. yes. Okay, love you, bye! <laughs> oh, I like that. I love it. Welcome to the spoilers section. We finally get to talk about this show in the proper way. Yeah. So um, the first couple things that I wanted to bring up was just like overall things that I found on Lostpedia. First of all, this is the first episode to reference Clementine Phillips. Although Cassidy shows Sawyer a photo, she is not seen in person until the season five episode, Whatever Happened, Happened. Aww. Um, And then lastly, well, at least for right now, this is... You're never going to believe this. When I read this, I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There's no way this is true. But it is. Okay. This is the last Sawyer-centric episode until season five, episode Le Fleur. That's not fair. There's no more Sawyer episodes this entire season. And then I was like, okay, well, that makes sense for season four because he's not one of the Oceanic Six. So, you know, they're mostly about the Oceanic Six because they're off island and everything. So, like, I get that. But the fact that there was no Sawyer-centric episodes for the rest of this season, I was like, huh? That's very hurtful. But it's because we need to have, now we need to have Desmond-centric episodes, Juliet-centric episodes, and Ben-centric episodes. So there's just no time for Sawyer, I guess. And those are all really good episodes, too. They are, so I'll allow it. Okay, so I think that Sawyer becomes a himbo when he gets together with Juliet. I... Kind no, of. Because that's when he becomes, like, the big leader, you know? Like, he he's more... Yeah. He's definitely smarter and... Yeah, he's, like, nicer, but, like, he... You know, it's, like, himbos need to have, like... They need to be stupid and they need to be 
cute and nice and funny, you know? Like, they need to be, like, good and then also stupid. And I think that... You guys are really forgetting the word simp. (laughs) Yeah, we really are. So, like, now he's not really nice and he's not... But he's very smart. Okay, but he is a simp for Juliet. Sure. Yeah. So he's, like, he's not nice and he's not stupid. And then when he gets to be with Juliet, he's nice, but he's still not stupid. So he's All right, fair enough. Himbo. I'm okay. sorry. I gotcha. He's a simbo. He's, he's a simbo. He's a simbo. He's a simbo. Oh, that's it. That's it. No. No, that's it. You got it. He's a simbo. He's a simbo. Yeah, that's it. No, Done. We don't need to move on. Like, that. that's, that's it. <laughs> okay, so going into the spoiler sections for the um, island storyline. Let's see what I can find here. Oh, um, Ben says that they're not killers. Ben is definitely a killer. Ben is a killer. He has killed many, many people. Ben is a killer. Yep. Thank you. Ben is um, what you might call a dirty, rotten liar. <laughs> um, one of the things that Jack hears on the intercom is, you know what he's doing to Carl? So later this season, it's revealed that Carl is in room 23 and Ben has like kept him as a prisoner in room 23 and basically like is like brainwashing him. Oh, poor Carl. So it's interesting that the, some of the others are like not into it. I mean, I feel like I would not be into anything that Ben does. Mm -hmm. The x-rays that Jack sees are Ben's and Ben is trying to get him to want to help him. And uh, were they planted? I think so. I'm still trying to decide. I understand. Well, I don't know because they rushed. They could have just done those yeah. and then and then they rushed in because they weren't expecting that woman to get shot. And like Ben's really upset at the fact that Jack is here. Like I don't know if yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he's like hmm. upset performatively. Like he's being like you shouldn't have brought him here. Wink wink, but we actually definitely wanted him here or whatever. You know, if he's just saying we don't want him here for Jack's benefit to like I like I don't know. It's it's really No, cuz like everyone seemed upset that that Jack was there. Yeah. Fair point. So I don't know. Sawyer like insists that Kate leave him once she's out of his cage. And it reminded me of Jack later this season with the Kate damn it run scene. The iconic Kate damn it run. So like when you, when I was saying like, I think Jack would be doing the exact same thing. And you were like, are you sure? I was like, I can't bring up Kate damn it run. Yep. But that's what I feel in my soul. Yep. Um, and then Kate also says that she doesn't actually love Sawyer and she just said that. But in a few episodes, she says that she does love him like to his face in a moment of like intimacy. So I think she does. Thanks. Yeah. Jack is being sat with Colleen for longer and Ben wants him to sit with him for longer so that he feels bad for Ben and wants to help him. I think. And it's like, really? That's your, that's your play. Juliet is a fertility doctor and says that she's not used to death. However, she is absolutely used to death in DOC later this season. She tells son that she has lost nine patients. Oh my God. So she's used to death. She's a really bad fertility doctor. I mean, I think it's because the island is broken, but also, yeah, maybe do your job better, Juliet. Um, my meeting I scheduled for PST. He scheduled for MST. It's in eight minutes. Okay. Okay. My next question was how the polar bears got to the other island, because obviously they were being held here on Hydra Island, and we see them used for the donkey wheel later in season five. Like, that's kind of talked about, but I'm not really sure how they got there other than that, um, because clearly they're there in the pilot. Okay, so moving on to flashbacks, um, Sawyer being the janitor uh, reminds me of Jack in season five when Sawyer's like, yeah, come on in, Jack. And then he's just like, okay, Jack, I signed you up to be a janitor. (laughs) Sucker. That's good stuff. Cassidy pressed charges on Sawyer for conning her. And later this season, it is revealed that Kate is the one who told her to do that. 
once when they're like friends. Yeah. Uh, one of the guards escorting Sawyer to the warden is next seen as a cop in the season six premiere LAX part one, who's taking Charlie off the plane. So uh, some consistency there. So job, weird. job upgrade. Later, uh, when Sawyer jumps out of the helicopter, he asks Kate to make sure that Clementine is okay, um, which is the thing that he was going to do like when he got home from the island. Yeah. You know, like he's clearly had like some sort of revelation about that. Um, and that's it! Yay! So, uh, Linny, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Linny. Thank you for having me. You guys can check out all of Linny's um, socials in the description. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And my shop, Shopilux. Yes, and uh, we are at The Aficionados all over the place. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Aficionados. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, we just rushed this because we realized we have things to do. So I have a meeting. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Did you just kill that bunny?